The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's the, uh, the three the E's, baby. These days. The yeah. three E. Uh, stole that from the dog whisperer. But uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Wisco Fanatics show. Uh, if you live in Wisconsin, you know that it is officially winter in Wisconsin. It is cold as hell outside. Yes. And that's a that's an oxymoron, obviously. But um, we are now to the point where it's like dark at four o'clock and like the moon is out like all day. So <laughs> yeah, right. there's that. I mean, which is okay if you like looking at the moon. But um, so or if you're into those like, weird crystals. Touche. It's like <laughs> negative 14 degrees today. So it's like, yeah, if if it wasn't cold on Saturday during the Packer game and the Packers were going to be playing again this week, it would be insanely cold. Uh, James, what's up? Um, oh, it would be even colder. But one of my coworkers told me it's supposed to be like 40 next week. So we get a little like fake spring in the in the beginning of February. But That'll um, be nice, even if it's just one day to have a break, man. Jesus. Right. It'd be nice if it was next Wednesday. That's uh, that's Lily's birthday. I'm going to have a seven-year-old next Wednesday, um, which <laughs> is a good time to remind anybody. Next week, the show will be on Thursday, not Wednesday. So next Wednesday being yep. uh, my oldest daughter, Lily's birthday. Um, we are doing the show next Thursday, so we will have a Wisco Fanatics Thursday next week. But... Um, we're going to talk about the Packers today. We're going to do five takeaways from the Packer game, and then we're going to do the top five moments of the season for us, and then we're going to close the book on 2021. That's that's what we're going to do. We're not going to spend a ton of time, you know, hammering on on the negativity because that's not what we do. You know, we talk about the way that Jake and I do the show. We call ourselves cautiously optimistic, so we're going to close the book on the negativity. We're going to relive some of the stuff that we had fun with, and then from then on, it's going to be all about 2022. So we're excited to do the draft prep again. We had a lot of fun with that. And uh, it helps us get to know the league and the players better. And mm-hmm. then um, and then once free agency stuff starts happening and trades and, and stuff like that, we'll, we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, you guys got to watch what you say on Facebook. You guys get banned all the time. Um, I just be I just be really nice or ignore most of the things now because I don't know how to talk. Apparently, <laughs> Facebook's watching me. You just, you just, yeah, you just get the ban hammer from Zuckerberg. But all right, let's jump into takeaways. I have five. You have five. Let's just let's just get this over with and and talk about some takeaways that we had from from the game on Saturday. Well, this is the first one on my list. Obviously, the most. What's up, Isaac? The most obvious thing 
the number one thing that I took away from that game that everybody knows for the last, you know, I don't know, 14 years, special teams was absolutely horrible. You get a, a field goal blocked because Lancaster doesn't understand that you block down. No matter what, you block down. I remember that in high school. You get taught that in peewee. Like, you block down. Like, that's just the name of the game. And then the block punt. I mean, we got rid of our long snapper in the middle of this season for a guy named Steven Wordle. 6'4", 230 pounds. And 49ers were like, oh, you're going to put 230 in the middle. Okay, we're going to throw this 270-pound guy right here and see what happens. And he got absolutely owned. And that legi- that block punt legitimately won the game for the 49ers. Yep. That's my first one. Yeah, my first takeaway was Maurice Drayton needs to go. Um honestly when we when they talked about the two coordinators last year um i was way more excited for joe barry who i called the linebacker whisperer which i think turned out to be a pretty true nickname and maurice drayton who just kind of been a journeyman never really had a coordinator position um had a couple you know had a handful of odd jobs here and there around different uh different football jobs but never really coordinator jobs so the fact that a special teams coordinator has never been something the Packers have spent money on. Like Jake said, the, the, it seems like it's been a forever problem. Uh, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it needs to be addressed. Like I know the floor said it after a couple of the games this year that they weren't going to make a change in the season, but I would say at the near the top of the priority list, like if it's not Rogers, Devante special teams, I don't, I don't know what else you would put above that for things that need to be taken care of as far as priorities go for the offseason. Look at David's comment. I 100% agree with that. How is he not yeah. already gone? I mean, I was at work on Monday talking to people, and I'm just like, I don't understand how he got I, fired. He should have been fired truly, in the press conference after the game. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like, he should not have left Lambeau Field with a job. Yeah, yeah, James, the block punt, it, it was up in the air. And I was, you know, obviously you see everybody wondering where the ball is and nobody knew where it was until it fell. But I mean, he might, Isaac, you're not wrong. But um, moving on to my list, I think you're going to like number five, by the way. It's a little spicy. My number right. two is the Packers finally have a defense. All those years of, oh, our defense let us down, our defense let us down, giving up 300 rushing yards, this, that, everything. They finally have a defense. We held the 49ers to 212 total yards. And oddly enough, you split it right down the middle for the rushing and the passing, 106 rushing, 106 passing. So, you know, if you if you would have told me the Packers are going to hold the 49ers to just over 200 yards, I would have been like, hell yeah, we're going to the NFC Championship game. Little did we know, buddy, huh? Yeah, and Pat, we don't know if that's a floor decision. That might be coming down from Murphy and Gutekunst that they're not going to fire the special teams coordinator, and Lafleur is just the one to relay that in press conferences. You know, when he says we aren't going to make that change, it might not be you know Lafleur deciding that as the head coach. I would say also the GM and the owner could be the ones pulling that string too, even if Lafleur wanted to. Which obviously Lafleur isn't going to come out and say, yeah, I want our special teams coordinator fired, but. Um, I don't think that's a 100% LaFleur decision. Um, Jake, to add to your point about the defense, that is one of my takeaways as well. Um, I want to give some credit to Eric Stokes. Um, he came on kind of, 
I don't know, week four ish, three or four, that he started to um started to play basically every snap. Um yep. he finished the season with 14 passes defensed. Yep. So that's that's pretty solid for a rookie. So if you know they come up with the the all rookie teams, I would I would think you could maybe see Eric Stokes on some of those all rookie teams as far as cornerbacks are concerned. So he was named um, to the all rookie team. Look at that. I didn't even know that. So I'm still gonna take credit <laughs> for it. <laughs> all right, hit me with another one. All right. My number three. Um and I know this, you know, there's there's things that we're seeing. We're seeing receivers open and Rogers not throwing to him, but that honestly comes down to trust. And you know, you saw Rogers throw in the big dog, gained zero yards, fumbled the ball. He threw two to Daphne incompletions. And he threw one to Guara, and he yep. dropped it when he was wide open. He probably could have ran for another 10, 15 yards. So, for me, it's the Packers need a true number two wide receiver slash tight end. We miss a tight end, and I know Tanya got hurt, and that really yep. sucks. And now he's a free agent, and we're negative 40 in the cap, and we got bring, to bring back Devante, and we got to do this, and we got to do that, and we got – Preston Smith and Zedarius that are going to be 20 million cap hits. Like both of them are going to be at least 20 million. So we got something that our Preston might be like 19.5 or whatever. But the point being, we got some work to do and it would really, really be nice for Rogers to have a, I don't know, top 15, top 10 tight end. Like he, we saw Rod, uh, Tanya in last year. So Packers need to go out and get some playmakers. Yeah. Um, Odell would have been awesome. Really would have been awesome in a Packers uniform, but, he, we weren't aggressive enough, so it is what it is. Yeah, and that's that's a, the thing with Odell is that's that's a pretty hindsight is twenty twenty situation where going into this, if you look at it before the issue, before Odell signed and is playing really well and he's catching touchdowns, if you look at it, what the Packers can see is this guy seems like he could be a locker room issue. He's having issues getting along with his teammates. He's become basically, I mean, if you want to say he's a diva, if people already don't like Aaron Rodgers for that reason, why would they want Odell here? So you take the low risk. Obviously, the cap is an issue. But taking a, a guy who is a risk, that's that's the Rams. That's their whole game plan right now is to risk. They literally bet their entire future until like 2030 on winning now. They have like no first round picks until like 2027 because they've, they've bet it all on now. And they've done the same with Odell by giving him, you know, a bigger contract than just a minimum. And that's something there's the Packers weren't willing to do because you don't know what you're going to get with him. He was, it's definitely a wild card. Obviously it paid off for the Rams, but we have the benefit of hindsight. We know that it's obviously a lot easier to say, yeah, they got this guy. He's playing amazing. The Packers should have got him. They would have gotten the same thing. But you don't know that until after the fact. Yeah. That's the but... same. Like, the, I mean, like, I'm going to give you an example. Is uh, Somebody in one of the football groups we're in, that was actually James, asked a player that you don't or you wish that wouldn't have played for your team. I gave the answer of Tony Mandarich. We've had this discussion before. Your dad said when he was coming into the draft that he was a can't-miss offensive line prospect. We have the benefit of hindsight and saying, man, if the Packers would have drafted Barry Sanders or Deion Sanders, like you said, what what could have been? 
we have the benefit of hindsight and the Odell Beckham Jr. situation is similar. We have the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But winning usually fixes everything. He wasn't winning with the Browns. He wasn't getting targets with the Browns. You go from Baker Mayfield to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he went from Baker Mayfield to Matthew Stafford and look at the guy. He looks like an all pro now. (laughs) He's balling, you know? So, right. I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. was having problems with his team, was let mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Would you have signed Antonio Brown? No, Antonio Brown's a totally different situation. Antonio Brown is causing problems on and off the field in the locker room. I mean, Odell's punching kicking nets. Is that really an issue? I mean, Rodgers is throwing down tablets. Brady's throwing down tablets. He's throwing. He's showing competitive fire. That is a totally different ballgame with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown literally has, like, problems like i i actually hope he gets help he's now gonna sue the buccaneers i don't know if you heard that the other day but i did not hear that yeah he's, he's, a, he's a he's a bit of a head case but i mean if you look at it just on the face value seeing what the problems were with odell obviously antonio brown has problems i i agree that it's a different situation but you know looking at it as you know this player is really talented but he's got some issues yeah I mean, AB, AB. I mean, AB can ball. I won't. I will never deny that. AB balling. If um, if you were gonna if you're gonna take a chance on a guy that can ball or not, I would take AB because you guarantee he's gonna get catches. What about what about Josh? What about Josh Gordon? He got waived by Kansas City, and they're hoping that he clears waivers so they can sign him to his practice squad. What about Josh Gordon? Nah, Josh Gordon's been in and out of football way too long. I mean, he's obviously too busy just smoking the reefer dude if you can't get if you can't not smoke weed for like six years you know secure the bag and then and then you can go smoke as much as you want look at freaking ricky williams dude that guy loves smoking weed he stopped smoking weed he was just like yeah i'll get a couple mil real quick and then he's just like you know what i'm just gonna get out of here i don't know understand why they can't do that it just makes no sense to me yeah, but I mean, you know, these are guys that that are talented players, but they just have different sets of issues. And at, you know, the Packers just decided that they were going to give a minimum contract because it's a, a high risk. So they went with a you know the lowest financial risk that they could, knowing that they have the situation that they have next year. Right. <clears throat> I mean, the Rams the Rams were able to get away from Jared Goff's contract, so I mean, they had that going for them. That's true. That is true. <clears throat> so two things you just talked about. One was Aaron Rodgers. His decision, I think he said, was going to be made by free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Um, my my advice to Packers fans, don't try to figure out what he's going to do. Aaron Rodgers, is a, he's a really cryptic person. Mm-hmm. Um nobody knows what Aaron Rodgers is going to do until he does it. Um, I think I saw that he said that he's going to announce his decision on the Pat McAfee show. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. I thought he said that's what he's going to do. So say that. Um, don't try to figure out what he's going to do. Don't try to the, the whole, like Rogers said that he's not going to stick with the Packers through a rebuild. If you say like, see that quote and go Rogers isn't coming back to the Packers because he said that. That's not what that means. It just means that if the Packers decide to trade a bunch of people and cut people and let Devontae walk, that Rodgers is going to retire. Like all of that stuff needs to happen first. So it's it's just wasted energy trying to figure out what Aaron Rodgers is going to do, in my opinion, until he does it. I don't know if you agree with me on that. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you you hit the nail on the head when you say he's a cryptic person. Nobody knows what Aaron is thinking except Aaron. I mean, even people he has conversations with have no idea what he's going to do. The guy really just decides what's best for him. Um, yeah, listen to ESPN, never listen to Skip Bayless. That's that's advice to take to the grave. Um, yeah. Don't ever listen to Skip Bayless. <laughs> that's, that's one of the, the reasons we do this show, so you don't have to. And there's certain people on ESPN that I really try to avoid. Um, but Dan Orlovsky Roger, is getting there for me. He's kind of one of those guys that I'm starting to avoid just because I don't know. He tries started to make out it seem good like he too. knows what everybody does. Um, right. I thought he started out good. I, I liked him when he first started, but now he's starting to like he's getting too comfortable. I think. I don't yeah. Know. Colin Coward is definitely one of those guys. Like, don't listen to what he says. Bro, he flips um, so much. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he does. He's yeah, he's all over the place. Honestly, the only but one day he's like, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback ever. And then the next day he's like, Rodgers will never live up to Brady. He's yeah. he's barely top ten. I'm like, this guy, dude. What the yeah, heck? he's yeah, he's all he he has a show that makes top ten lists, and that's what he does. Yep. Um he, he is clickbait. Yeah. And Skip Bayless is only gonna ever say the opposite of what Shannon Sharp says. Yeah, for real. Hey, I was gonna say and he will know, take yeah. it to the the farthest extremes. Max Kellerman. Max Kellerman's the worst. He literally just said that Justin Herbert's better than the freaking MVP. No. Max yeah, I used to, I used to like Max Kellerman, but I don't know. I liked I liked ESPN better when it was Sports Center, and you know you actually got to see all of the sports. Not here's forty eight minutes of New York and L A, eight minutes of Chicago, yeah. and then four minutes for. Literally everybody else. Oh, good, Josh. Yeah, Max Kellerman's retarded. Um, honestly, the only, the only other, only other ESPN whatever analyst I actually still agree with most of the time is Nick Wright. Uh, Nick Wright's pretty good. I do like Greeny. Josh, Josh hit the nail on the head with that. I like Greeny. Bart's okay. Um. I mean, we hey, we should make a we should make a who to not listen to list. I love that. That's a good, a good idea. Time. We should do that. Yeah, my How list would just be uh, my list would be Skip Bayless, uh, Boomer Esiason is a good one. My list would be <laughs> Skip Bayless, um, Colin Coward, and then it would be Skip Bayless three more times. <laughs> dude, Skip is the worst. He is he, the absolute dude, worst. Do you remember after the first Packers Bears game when he tried to say that Aaron Rodgers barely outplayed Justin Fields? I raked him for that. Oh. Remember? Oh my god, dude! He was crying in all caps on Twitter after the Cowboys lost to the 49ers. He he was blaming the refs for that. It's like, no, that's the center's fault for not handing the ball to the ref. He's like, the ref bumped into Dak Prescott. It's like, well, the ref needs to touch the ball. Dak Prescott should have got out of the way. Hey, James stole my thought process. I was going to say, hey, if you watch the Colin Coward show, you get a look at Joy Taylor though. So there's that. You got that going for you. <laughs> All right. So Jake's Jake's other takeaway was addressing a number two pass catcher. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, Robert Tunyon would have been very helpful to have in this game, but unfortunately they didn't have him. Um, Rodgers went to Lazard one time, one catch, yeah. six yards, and it was a third down conversion. Um, I don't know why he didn't try to look to Lazard more, especially with how well he was playing late in the season. I... I don't know. I don't know why Lazar didn't get more targets. I know Aaron Jones is part of that. Like Aaron Jones had a huge game in the passing game, but 
He should have sc- um, should have scored, bro, on that one pass at the end of the first half. Ah, uh, yeah, I agree. He was literally even with the guy. Like Jones, just run, and if you and, and run yeah. next to the sideline. So if you if you run all the way down, you can run out of bounds, and then we get we get closer. If he tackles you, he's gonna push you up. Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I don't know what happened on that play. He really should have scored on that play, though. <clears throat> Um, we got a comment here saying, since the division is in a total rebuild, I think we should, it's time to join them, trade A-Rod to get picks, lock up Alexander and Gary. Well, I am not on board with that. And we are going to have an Aaron Rodgers PSA after we finish our last two points. Yeah. So hold on to that comment for a second. Jake, give one of yours and I have one more after you give yours. So, okay. So I have two more yet. Um, Yep. My my fourth one is I think this last game, I know he got a sack in the beginnings at Arius, but I think we found out this year that Preston Smith is the better of the Smith brothers. That's just my personal opinion. Um, he ended this game with nine total tackles, six solo, and he is so dang good at setting the edge on the run and forcing everything back inside. There was a play where Zadarius was in for Preston on that on that right side of the line, and he got absolutely bombarded and ran over. I was like, "Oh yeah, Zadarius, that's not twenty five million dollars of effort. Get the heck yeah." Out of here. The way the way that I would frame that is that Preston Smith is a more complete linebacker. Um, I would yeah. say that Zadarius is the better pass rusher, yep. but Preston Smith is better at everything else. Yep. My last point in this one, because I have two points in this one. Rashawn Gary is an absolute star. Dude, he's a monster. Star. Absolute yeah. star. He he yep. is everything we need in a pass rusher. Zadarius is yep. now easily let go. We can move on from Zadarius. We still have that star pass rusher. We bring Preston back. Maybe he takes a pay cut for us and is nice. And we can still have our edge setters. There's a there's a potential here to keep this defense intact. And the way that it yep. looked in this divisional game, it makes me very that's confident. A, oh, that's a really good thing. Um, yeah, yeah, Rashawn Gary. Um, he this season he became what he was drafted as. So, um, you know, I saw a tweet saying, you know, if you look at the first round picks that Goody has made, like Jair, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes, but people are still and people are still hung up on the Jordan Love pick. Yep. We don't even know what Jordan Love is yet. Exactly, man. To even complain about it. And you're still going to complain that Jordan Love was drafted when he's, when Gutekunst has hit on four of his last five first-round picks? I mean, think about it. What if we trade him away and he turns into Matthew Hasselbeck? That's not a bad career. The guy, the guy played, like, like, what, like 17, 18 years? He won a Super Dude, Bowl. Look at, like, the Packers had a bunch, of, a bunch of guys that ended up having successful NFL careers. Kurt like, Warner was on our practice squad. Um, I'm pretty sure Tim Coach was on the Packers at one point. I know Aaron Brooks was on the Packers at one point. He went to the Saints for a while. There's James to give a Saints shout-out. Um, <laughs> so James threw in a comment here, and then I'll give my last takeaway. Um, mm-hmm. Said that if Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP, that he's better all-time than Aaron Rodgers. And that is probably one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard because the only things that he would have is – He's equal to Rodgers in MVPs and Super Bowl MVPs. Rodgers is going to win his fourth MVP this year, has like the top seven touchdown to interception ratio seasons of all time, and Stafford has yards. Here's the problem with Because he threw the ball because he was losing his entire career. 
here here's the problem with social media T- today in the world has become such a what have you done for me lately yeah. right so when rogers loses and they see matthew stafford beat a 44 year old for almost 45 year old um tom brady the world starts freaking out oh my god is matthew stafford better than aaron Rodgers? No, yeah, he is not. Brady. He is not better than than Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I'm sorry. That, and me and you were on that post where people uh, there was a post in another group, and they were like, "Is Aaron Rodgers a top three or top five p- quarterback of all time?" Everybody's saying no yes. because they just saw him lose. <laughs> Dude, yes he, he is. Yes, he is. He, he's a top five. No matter what five. team you cheer for, he yep. is easily top five. I'm sorry yep. that you, you don't like him. You could he, make you could make the argument for top three, but he's definitely top five. You could easily make an argument for top three, and I liked yeah. your argument. Maybe Manning over him, you know. I could Brady, see taking Brady's Peyton over Manning him. over him. I could and, see that too. To be honest with you, but um, if I if 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 you could draft all the quarterbacks, right? Like, say NFL has every player available, you could draft any quarterback in their prime. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers, dude. Are you kidding me? Like the, the talent that this guy has is ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah, that's... I mean, put, put Rodgers in that position, dude. He's going to go crazy with the Rams. Crazy. <laughs> dude, I would love to see Robert Woods end up on the Packers. That would be that would be like a dream scenario for me. There's our number two wide receiver. That would be – oh, my, that would be awesome. The Packers There's ball. a number two wide receiver. Oh, that would be yeah. so sick. Like, I think, think Breeze is higher all time. That's a good one. I'd actually have to look debate. into that. Um, tell you what, James, next week, the show is next week, Thursday. I will, you know what? I'm going to put that in my notes. I'm going to, I'll dive into that a little bit. James, off the top of my head, not trying to be a hater. I'm just going to give like right off the top of my head. I'm going to give you an answer. I would say no, just based off of regular season MVPs. They have the same amount of Super Bowls. Yep. Far played in two of them. Far, yeah, far Breeze one. Yep. I mean, you could take the. It's the same thing with, with Rodgers where he where Breeze had so many bad defenses and he had to he had to throw the ball so much to get all those yards. Same thing with Rodgers to carry us, where where Brett Favre had a lot of really good defenses in those nineties years, man. He had a lot of weapons and he had a lot of good wide receivers. I'm not saying Breeze or Rodgers didn't, but right. uh, that's tough. That's a good debate. I like I got that. In, I we got it in my that. notes for next week, so I'll uh I'll look into that a little more. <sighs> I'm, I might take Breeze in his prime over Favre. I'll be honest. He was he was accurate. I was gonna say if you if you had to say you know you're going to play say an NFC Championship game and you can pick Brett Favre or Drew Breeze, like I feel like I'd take Brett Favre just because yeah. I feel that and this might be just kind of a recency bias thing. I felt like later in his career, like like Drew Breeze lost a lot of a lot of arm strength. Yeah. Um. So, you know, if, if I need a guy to go win me one game, I think I might take Brett Favre. But I will look into that and uh, and get a more educated answer for you next yeah, week. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. My, like last, my last takeaway was that the Packers can build on their O-line. That being said, get rid of both of the tackles. They got manhandled, both of them. Billy Turner and Dennis Kelly both destroyed. Both of them. I want both of them gone. Honestly, the way that it looked, I would like Elton Jenkins playing right tackle next year and David Bakhtiari playing left tackle. That's that's how I feel. Um, I, I just want reliable tackles. Rodgers yeah. was on 
was under pressure on 35% of his dropbacks. That's terrible, dude. And people wonder why he only targeted Devontae. Yeah, you got to get rid of the damn ball so fast. 35% of, of plays, he was under pressure. It's the same thing that happened in the Tampa Bay game. Billy Man. Turner, this is back-to-back playoff losses that Billy Turner got absolutely worked. He better be gone, dude. I'm so sick. He of better him. be cut because he's making nine million next year, and if we cut him, we save like four point eight million. Yeah, so give him my, give him my four million. Absolutely <laughs> on the chopping. Yeah, Billy Turner is absolutely yeah. on the chopping block. Uh, David Bakhtiari will absolutely be back because his cap hit is bigger than his actual salary. So um, Bakhtiari will be back. He's a guy that I'm looking for to see the Packers go say, hey. We're trying to keep this team intact. Are you willing to restructure, convert some of the salary into signing bonus, something like that? So Bakhtiari is a guy that I'm looking for to restructure. Um, the last thing I want to say about Aaron Rodgers is – actually, you know what? We're doing a different thing for Aaron Rodgers, so I will uh, I will save that for that. Um, right, do you want to do top here's my five? Last take- here's my last takeaway first. Here's my last takeaway. Okay. My last takeaway – this is going to sound crazy, but – do we think that Matt LaFleur is actually a good head coach or is he just a really good offensive coordinator? Because last year he takes the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. He abandons the run. You know, you have that freaking MVP. Everybody knew Rodgers was an MVP last year, just like this year. You take the ball out of his hands for a chance to go to the Super Bowl, last drive of the year, and you take the ball out of his hands. This year it didn't seem like the play calling was that was that good. I mean, A.J. Dillon got hurt, so that sucked. That definitely hurt stuff. But we really needed to just ride uh, Aaron Jones. Just just absolutely ride Aaron Jones. There, there's a reason that you, you're not giving him all the snaps in the season because you're saving him for this moment, right? Mm-hmm. You only get this moment one time. So why not yep. just let it ride? Now, I'm not saying we need to fire the guy. I'm not going that far. But if he doesn't fix his special teams and he loses Aaron Rodgers and Devontae, we're going to find a whole hell of a lot out about Matt LaFleur. Yeah. So he better he better get his special teams right because, yeah. to be completely honest, I thought they were lazy shit. Just, just hiring in-house. They're just like, you know what? Drayton's been here. He works hard. He's a nice guy. I don't give a shit if you're a nice guy, okay? I'd rather have There's a dick. Freaking, like, dude. We, like Joe Barry, when we saw Joe Barry at practice, he's walking up and down. He's like swearing dude. and stuff. Like he's that's the guy you want. Up, man. I, yep. I'm ready to light somebody's ass up. I am so sick and tired of sitting in my goddamn living room watching us lose a freaking playoff game to the 49ers because the damn special teams can't punt or kick the damn ball. Why the hell do we have freaking McDuffie and, and freaking Caster blocking? That makes no sense. That makes no Why? sense to me. No Dude, sense. I mean, we, we gave up 31 points to the Bears. The Bears. Special teams. We almost lost to the Bengals earlier this year because of special teams. We almost lost yeah. to the Bears. I mean, we're giving we're giving field position at midfield because of special teams partially. Like, I'm sick of it. I'm so so sick. Yeah, special teams better be fixed. I'd like to see before just just walk into Gudikin's office with a clipboard, slam it down on the desk, and say, "Give me a better special teams coordinator." Um, I just I'm pissed off about the damn special teams. I'm so sick of it being a problem. We never get good kickers. Literally cost us a game. Dude, it's it costs us games all the time. It's ridiculous. Like, well, it cost Rogers, us the rest of the season. It did. It did. And 
Rodgers finally gets a defense. And then, you know, everybody wants to blame Rodgers. And they're kind of Rodgers as scapegoat when LaFleur should be taking more more heat than he's taking, in my personal opinion. I think LaFleur needs more heat. Because I said this about, about McCarthy too, right? Because the last couple of years of McCarthy, the defense was just bad. I'm like, how are you the head coach? Like, you're the head coach, right? You're supposed to be in control of the offense, the defense, especially the whole damn thing, right? Like, you're the boss. This is your company. You take care of every single thing, right? How How is how is one area always bad? I mean, and special teams was bad with McCarthy, too. So how are you the head coach? And none of it, it's, it's not a whole picture. Dude, today is the 25-year anniversary of Super Bowl 31. You know how important special teams was at Super Bowl 31? The Packers don't win that damn Super Bowl without the special teams. Desmond Howard won the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. We don't win the Super Bowl without special teams. You need all three phases. I mean. this one right here. Right here. That's this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just sick of special teams being bad. We finally got a defense. Rodgers should be able to have a a game where – he can dink and dunk, and we run the ball, and we win just like that. Look at the Cardinals game. We won basically doing that, and the defense played great. He should be able to have a game like that, and we can survive in advance. You have to win ugly sometimes. You're not going to win 38-10 to 10 all the time. You know, so, Rodgers isn't going to throw for five touchdowns every time. It's, just, it's frustrating, do you, wanna, do you want to transition this into the Aaron Rodgers discussion? Yeah, let's talk Rodgers. I'm heated up now. Let's talk Rodgers. <laughs> all right. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go – you go first. You go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off you. So I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. All right. You. So obviously, there's a couple different scenarios here, and there's basically three. It's either Aaron Rodgers is back, he's traded, or he retires. Those are the, really the only three things. It's not up to Aaron Rodgers to decide. I'm signing with the Buccaneers because Tom Brady retired. That's not up to Rodgers. Um, he's under contract, mm-hmm. so he's either traded, comes back, or retires. Mm-hmm. Personally. I want to see Aaron Rodgers back because I believe he gives us the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Um, I I I don't really I don't really see any trade situation where I think that's a good deal to get for an MVP player. Um, say what you want to say about his playoff record; he's still, I would say, the most talented thrower of the football in the NFL. Um, and just two things. I just want to see two things from Aaron Rodgers when he comes back. Yep. One, I want to see him take a pay cut. He's, he constantly talks about legacy and he knows that he's chasing Tom Brady Mm -hmm. because like we said, like you can argue that he's the second best quarterback ever behind Tom Brady based on, you know, just extra talent here and there. Right. Right. Um, and if you want to get into MVPs and rings, whatever, you can divide that up however you want to, you know, quantify how those things rate. But mm-hmm. taking a pay cut is something that Brady has done probably the last, I don't know, 15 years. And it mm-hmm. allowed it allowed the Patriots to build around him, to sign mm-hmm. free agents, to retain free agents. Mm-hmm. That's something I want to see Rodgers do if he wants to become – to a point where he can say that he's the GOAT past Tom Brady. I already think he's the best football player of all time, but to be considered the greatest, the most accomplished, that's a that's a next step maturity thing for Rodgers is to take a pay cut. It's for a guy that still makes a lot of money, like as far as endorsements and stuff are concerned, 
I don't really think he needs to make $35, $40 million a year. I mean, he's already take, done it for how long? <laughs> take take 20, take 25. Give yeah. your team 10 or 15 or $20 million back and see what they can do with it. See I if mean, they can't go see if they can't go get a wide receiver. Jake and I, I'm, I guarantee you, Jake and I will do like a free agent wish list. Obviously, mm-hmm. things will have to happen before we can make these wish lists. Yep. Um, you know, some of the guys that are going to be on our lists are going to be unattainable for salary reasons, no matter how good the fit is. Um, that'll be the case with offensive line positions and such like that. But um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't need the money. He doesn't need to make $40 million a year. He can make $20 million a year and he'll be just fine. So that's something I want to see Rodgers do from a maturity standpoint is take a pay cut. The second thing I want to see Aaron Rodgers do is to trust the system more because it hadn't really been done a whole lot with, with the West coast offense where, you know, there's all the pre-snap motion and the run pass balance with an elite quarterback. That was a system that was designed to make average quarterbacks look good not take an elite quarterback and make him back-to-back MVP. So this this thought dawned on me while watching the end of the Bills and Chiefs. The Bills and Chiefs game had 25 points scored in the last minute and 54 seconds. Yeah. Gabriel Davis scored four touchdowns for the Bills. You know how many touchdowns Stephon Diggs had? Mm Mm-hmm. You know how many catches he had? Yep. One catch. Yep. Yep. And Josh Allen was absolutely balling. He was, dude. He's a stud. So that offense just marched down the field three times. They marched down. And obviously, overtime situation didn't go their way. Just trust the system. Like, Mm -hmm. the fact that Rodgers, like... This is this is the one decision making thing that I question with Rodgers is at times he had some guys open, but he held the ball a little bit longer to try to get a, a bigger play. Mm-hmm. He tried to hit the you know the deeper pass, the you know, instead of just taking what the defense was giving him. And that's what Jake was talking about with the Arizona game. They yep. dinked and dunked their way down the field. And Screens the first oh man, the first drive was beautiful. They went straight down and scored. Yep. Oh, dude, I was feeling and good, man. I know. Like, dude, they went and scored on their first drive after, like, what, seven minutes? They had, like, a seven-minute drive, and it's like, okay, the route is on. Like, if we go and march down like that, the second drive was marching down like that, too, and then they had the fumble. So it's like, yeah. all right, you know, that's, that's a bummer. Like, they were marching again. But, um, you know, a, a guy that's – a guy like Alan Lazard who had shown that he's got strong hands and he's made contested catches, like, just run some slants, pick up eight yards – you don't need to go for 22 every play. Yeah, we didn't need big giant chunk plays the entire game. And and the fact that Randall Cobb was back and had one target, like that was and it was, a, was and it was guy, looked like it was a force target too. Like yeah, what the f- I, I like threw it at his feet. Um, but you know the guy that Rodgers wanted on his team, he got him back for the playoff game, and was targeted one time. Yeah, that's. That's so. That's the two things that I have to say about Aaron Rodgers. Is I want him to take a pay cut, and I want him to play a little more within the system, and a little less Aaron Rodgers system. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say is, you don't trade the MVP. You don't trade the MVP. That is just 
That's so stupid. How do you how do you sit there and be like, you know what? I'm sick of losing in the playoffs. We should trade Aaron Rodgers. Okay, you know what I gotta say to you? You can't handle losing in the playoffs, then you don't deserve to celebrate winning with us. That's exactly how I feel about that. If you if you if you know the, the facts, right? You know the facts. We're gonna make the playoffs. We got Aaron Rodgers. We're guaranteed in the playoffs. We're gonna run this division. We're gonna win 10, 11, 12, probably 13 games like we have the last three years. And we're gonna be putting big spots. Okay. Now a lot of times when we're putting big spots, the defense lets us down. Think Arizona in 2015. Special teams mm-hmm. let us down. You know, this year the special teams let us down. 14 the special teams let us down. I mean the yeah. offense got kind of staying in 14 too. There's a lot of takeaways you could take from that, but that's not all on Rodgers. That was McCarthy, in my opinion. So, 14 special teams let you down. 15, the, the defense lets you down. 16, Rodgers carried us to the NFC Championship game. Ladarius Gunter went from guarding Odell Beckham Jr., who was considered a top-five wide receiver at that time, and he guarded Julio Jones. I forgot who we played in the second round. Oh, uh, we played Dallas. forgot who, who they had, but had a crazy. He said it was, it was cold as fuck. Hey, Niners gang, what's up, buddy? Good game, man. Um, you were at the game. That was pretty sick. I got offered tickets. Thank God I didn't go. I would have been cold, sad, and depressed at work on Sunday morning. But anyways, <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers has carried us. I mean, 17, 18, 19. I mean, 2020, he carries us. The defense gives up 28 points in the first half. Gets, you know, the defense, you know, comes back and gets some interceptions. But, I mean, there was a drop two-point conversion by EQ. Uh, Lazard, I on a second and goal on that drive where LaFleur, I said LaFleur took the ball out of Rodgers' hands. They run an RPO, and Lazard, re, or Lazard doesn't read the play like Rodgers does, and Rodgers throws the ball, and he's not looking for the ball. And it would have been an easy walk-in touchdown. Would have won the game. We would have been talking about how Alan Lazard is a freaking hero and a legend in Green Bay if he catches that pass. But instead, nobody brings that up. Everybody brings up how they kicked the field goal and how the defense couldn't get the stop, and we didn't get the flags. It's like... We're not trading Aaron Rodgers, okay? Yeah. People need to stop living in the moment and take in the totality of his entire career because this guy has literally carried us for how long? I mean, back in 2014, he had one damn leg and the guy was carrying us in the NFC Championship game. That's that's some of those things where it's like, you know, Brett Favre had heart. I love Aaron Rodgers, but Brett Favre had heart. As if Aaron Rodgers didn't try to come back early from a collarbone injury to try to get us in the playoffs against Carolina in what, was it 2016? 15. Or, or or like or like when he when he came back from the Colorado and won us a division in Chicago. Like he doesn't care. The guy doesn't yeah, care. No he heart. Like yeah, no <laughs> heart. His dad didn't die in the middle of a season, so he doesn't have any heart. I mean, listen, Rodgers had a stinker, and, and I really personally don't think he played that bad. To be honest with you, he didn't play that bad. He didn't it was, lose. A, it was the an, game. It was an average game. It was Aaron Rodgers played an average football game. Obviously, we have super high expectations for Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, just the fact of everything that happened in this game, the Packers still should not have lost the game. Uh, um, that being said, Jimmy G had a bad game, and his team mm-hmm. still won because they they did enough things to win. They blocked a field goal. They saved themselves three points there. They scored a special teams touchdown. That's that's a ten point swing there. With special teams, that is a ten-point swing in a game that was decided by three. This is a 49ers fan. So many things. His best option is Green Bay. Okay, look, look. The power, they, the power of the NFL with all the quarterbacks is 
automatically just flipped over to the AFC, right? Think of all the young good quarterbacks. Mahomes is leading the way. Herbert. I mean, I mean, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I mean, you got Burrow. I mean, there's just a bazillion good young Lamar Jackson is in the AFC. Josh Allen. I mean, it was going to happen at some point. But Aaron Rodgers' best option is in Green Bay. All the good quarterbacks are leaving. And this is a Niners fan, smarter than Packers fans. I don't understand why you guys want to get rid of him. It makes it's no sense to me. It just makes no sense. You come back so, down twenty. You know, the, the injured, like, yeah, dude. I mean, the main, the main things or the main teams that I'm seeing that would be options for Rodgers, uh, it's probably the Broncos. Like I've seen the Steelers floated as an option. Um, the Raiders Saints. maybe Saints. The Saints have their own cap issues that are honestly worse than the Packers. Not by a lot, but they're still worse than the Packers. Um, not the, person, know. you know, the injuries. Cody told me they're negative 80 million. Yeah. The Packers are what? Like 46, 43, 43, I think 43. Okay. So yeah. obviously like the saints are in a, in a bigger cap hell than, um, than the Packers are. Yeah. That being said, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy's Debo's gone. Whatever happens. Paid. Yeah. His money's going to Debo. Yeah. Debo's getting paid. Um, paid. I mean, you, you might as well just have Debo play quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um, i like i, I like this. trey lance so, so we'll see what happens with that but um, i forgot to bring this up i forgot to bring this up when i was talking about the floor kyle shanahan was smart enough to see that the kickoffs were only going to the five so you know what he did at halftime he put his best playmaker on kick return so they could start yeah. at midfield what did the yep. do nothing nothing absolutely nothing yep oh yeah, that's a good point um <clears throat> that pissed me off when I saw that. So the other two options are the Steelers, who have a horrible offensive line, absolutely yep. horrible offensive line, and overall a worse defense. They have the defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, and they have a couple other decent defensive pieces. Like their their defensive line is all right. Cam Hayward, yeah. Yeah, their, their secondary is it's a little bit leaky. So overall, Make I would a- say their defense is worse than the Packers. I would say the same thing for the Broncos. They have a couple of playmakers on their defense, but overall, I would say it's worse than the Packers, especially if you watch the game that they just played. It's overall worse than the Packers' defense. The Broncos also, I would say, don't have as good of an offensive line. Like, the Broncos' offensive line is better than the Steelers, but then again, I would say 29 out of 32 teams have a better offensive line than the Steelers. Um, And then looking at wide receivers, like, sure, the Steelers have a, a really good trio of wide receivers. The Saints have one wide receiver. That's if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos, the Broncos have some talented wide receiver. Um, Jake and I actually, when we were doing trade deadline stuff, talked about maybe acquiring one of their wide receivers because they've been paying, um, you mm-hmm. know, they've been paying some of those guys. So maybe that'll turn out to be an option. I don't know. Um, but then looking at running games, like Najee Harris looks pretty good. Alvin Kamara looks pretty good. But again, those two teams have their own issues. And then you're looking at Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. That's decent, but none of those, none of those, none of those backfields are Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. No, no. So when the the comment is made that his best option is Green Bay, I strongly agree. Why would he go anywhere else? Especially the AFC. The AFC West, to be completely honest. That's what that's what I said last year. Before, like on draft day, when they're like, oh, Rodgers to the Broncos is a done deal. Like, why would he want to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders twice a year? 
And the Raiders are not bad, to be honest with you. The Raiders, Raiders are not. putting something together. They were they were a win. They made the playoffs. The Chargers, yeah, they were. Yeah, they yeah in the playoffs. They, the Chargers are team, right there. That team was a uh, a mid season meltdown away from actually being a really good team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they had two huge issues in the middle of their season. Obviously, the head coach and then the Henry Ruggs thing. So, two yep. huge issues yep. in the middle of their season still made the playoffs. Yep. Um, what's up, Todd? Said, go, Pat, go. Go yeah. back home. He's uh, a Bears you, fan, so. Do you have anything else you want to say about Aaron Rodgers before we wrap up the season with some some enjoyable stuff? Rodgers, I don't know if you'll ever see this. I'm going to look into the camera. Rodgers, I don't know if you'll ever see this. I speak for all of the Packers fans with a brain. We still love you, and we want you back in green and gold. There are a lot of lot of dummies out there, and I know that you see what they're saying, but they do not speak for the ones with a brain. Please come back. <laughs> That's what I'll say. All right, so we're going to end the 2021 season of the Packers discussion on a happier note. We're going to talk yep. top five moments of the season. Um kind of break it up by some games some players some some moments from games and um then we're going to move on to 2022 and it's going to be draft prep free agency yep. and maybe some news um we'll probably end up talking about the guys that the packers are signing to futures deals right now but um right now that's not huge news so that being said let's do let's do top five moments of the season you want me to go first or you want to go first um, you go first. All right. My number five moment of the season was Aaron Jones four touchdown game against the lions in week two. Um, that was Aaron Jones was just the man that day. Um, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, three of them were receiving touchdowns mm-hmm. and yeah, Aaron Jones was just, just the man that day. And it was a good bounce back game after the saints lost. People are like, Oh no, is Aaron Rodgers losing on purpose? Oh no. Are the Packers done? Like oh, what? It was a good bounce back game to to win over the Lions and Aaron Jones had four touchdowns. So that was my number five moment. And the moment he had with his dad, you know, where you showed the necklace, that was yeah. cool too. Yeah. Um my number five. My list is freaking deep, man. So my number five is pretty crazy. My number five is the Packers going into Arizona on a short week with eleven starters, including our three top wide receivers. And absolutely stealing a win. The Rasul Douglas come out party. I mean, he was on their team. He beats them at the end of the game in this one. And that was really the collapse of the Cardinals, really. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah. So the Packers going into Arizona, that was an awesome feeling. I remember watching that game, just being like, like all right, man, let's just let's keep it close. We have a chance. We have Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. I'm like, we have Aaron freaking Rodgers, bro. Like, we have Aaron right. Rodgers. Like, let's go. We got a chance. Let's play some defense. Let's see what happens. And we go in and we win, man. That was an awesome, awesome feeling. All right. Well, that was my number four. So beating <sighs> the Cardinals in Arizona without okay. Devontae, Lazar, and MVS. That was my number four moment. That was yeah, it was like, oh no, the Cardinals are marching. They're you know, they're gonna score and they're gonna win. And then yeah. Rasul Douglas makes up like a one-handed interception to to seal the win in Arizona. Um, and that's going to tie into my number three moment as well. So I will let you give your number four. Okay, my number four is the Bengals versus Packers game. That game was awesome. I mean, it was the first game of franchise history with 300 passing yards, 
200 200-yard rece- uh, yeah. receiver and a 100-yard yeah. rusher. Yep. That was absolutely insane. I mean, Jones broke up that big one. Devontae was the man all day, and Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, that game was fun to watch. The craziness at the end just added to that. I mean, all <laughs> the missed stressful. field goals. Yep. It was stressful. So, the Bengals, obviously, winning that game. Obviously, they're in the AFC Championship game now, so that was a good win for us. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, the like, Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase, and he's a monster. Yeah. But he only really had, like, one big play. Yeah, against the Packers, Savage and that was, was close. yeah, he was, um, and that's an effort play. So I don't fault Savage for going for the ball on that. That's an effort play. You don't fault effort. So, yep. um, my number three was sweeping two of the toughest divisions in football. So I said the Arizona game was going to tie into my number three, and that's sweeping the NFC West and the AFC North. Um, honestly, could have been six playoff teams among these two divisions with with as good as these divisions were. Yeah. Um, Jake already mentioned the Bengals game. They're in the AFC championship. Um, I mean, the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson doesn't go down, he might be the MVP this year, he, the way that he was playing early in the season. Um, the Steelers the Steelers almost ended up making the playoffs, even though they tied yeah. with the Lions earlier in the year, and they have a horrible offensive Oh, no, line. the Steelers did make the playoffs. They lost to the Chiefs, dude. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, yeah. Nobody remembers because they got swamped. <laughs> yeah, and the, well, and the Chargers were, like, right on the yeah. – right um, on the bubble, Break. like if the Raiders and Chargers had had knelt the whole game, they would have been in, and the Steelers would have been out. Yep. Um. And then the Browns. That was a that was a tough game. I mean, they picked off Baker Mayfield four times. We the year before had um well like twenty two and eight or something like that, or twenty six and six. So like mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield had a solid twenty twenty and a bad twenty twenty one, and the Packers picked him off four times in that game. But I mean, yeah. you can cry. Cry refs if you want at the end of that game, whatever the Packers won. Um, and then the NFC West, that division had three playoff teams. Sure and did. Seattle. So the Packers beat three playoff teams from that division, obviously two of them on the road, and then shut out Seattle. That's a team with a solid offense, at least in the passing game. Mm-hmm. When you look at, like, if you talk about wide receiver duos in the NFL, mm-hmm. like Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf are a really good wide receiver duo. And then Russell Wilson is still he's still an elite quarterback. He I don't know that I'd say he's top five, but he's top ten in the NFL. Oh yeah, easy. And the Packers shut them out. Yeah. That was that was a And crazy I think game. I'm pretty sure that DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett only had two receptions each in that game. I don't remember we could go back. I, I think it was it was like a combined like 46 yards between them. So the Packers yeah, shutting out Seattle and sweeping three other playoff teams from the NFC West was was definitely a highlight. So sweeping those two divisions was my number three moment of the season. All right, my number three was the Packers clinching the North and the number one seed on Sunday Night Football against the Vikings in a route. We beat them 37 to 10, so that was awesome to smash the Vikings fans. And and we have and in that game with doing that, they held Delvin Cook to nine carries for 13 yards. So awesome to shut up the Vikings fans. Sean Mannion was the leading rusher in that game. Uh-huh, 14 <laughs> yards. And you remember their their center picked up that fumble and he ran for 21 yards. And that is hilarious that their punter had eight more yards than their star running back. So that was hilarious to me. I love that. All right. My number two, I'm just going to, I'm just going to personally just pat myself on the back to my own horn, puff my chest here. 
Uh, my number two is Joe Barry, a.k.a. the linebacker whisperer. Mm-hmm. I called him the linebacker whisperer when we did back last February when the Packers hired him. I said, this man is a linebacker whisperer. Mm-hmm. He was on the 2001 uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff that had all pro um, linebackers on it. He took Corey Littleton from an undrafted free agent to a pro bowler when he was with the Rams. And this year he took Devondre Campbell from a free agent that nobody else wanted to first team all pro. Not to mention the Rashawn Gary breakout season. Yeah. Not to mention Preston Smith, who had nine sacks this year. The resurgence season. Yeah. Rashawn Gary, nine and a half sacks this season. Stud. He's a monster. And Devondre Campbell, first team all pro, had 145 tackles this season. And let's be honest, Barnes had games where, you know, early on he wasn't playing a lot. And then as the season went on, he just kept getting better and better. He thumped Debo Samuel really good and actually made him leave the game for a little bit. But he did. Bar- yeah, that was Barnes looked very good towards the end of the season. He had some really good games. Chiefs game, the Vikings game. I mean, this this 49ers game, he was good. There's a lot of games that stick out where I can be like, Barnes was pretty good this year. And, you know, as far as the rest of the defense is concerned, um, winning games without Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith. Um, Kenny Clark is Kenny Clark, but how about the bounce back season by Dean Lowry? Yeah. Eric Stokes being a rookie and looking like he is NFL ready. Grabbing Rasul Douglas off of practice squads and him stepping up. He's coming more back. From, more from Rasul Douglas on from me later. But, I mean, this defense, I mean, especially in that 49ers game, they give up six points. Yeah. No, they three. They gave up six. Well, oh, they, they did give up six. six. Two, yeah, they two field goals. They gave up six points. Like, we've looked at Aaron Rodgers. You see, gave up 41, gave up 51, gave up 45, gave up 31. Six. Gave up yeah. six points. And like I said, I I dubbed Joe Barry the linebacker whisperer. We had some damn good linebackers this year, which is something we haven't been able to say in a long time. Backers from Devondre, Devondre, Campbell, Devondre Campbell, the first team all pro, was the first since 1966 when Ray Nitschke did it. That's insane. That so that's insane. me. That's me puffing my chest, tooting my own horn for calling Joe Barry the linebacker whisperer. And that's my number two moment. My number two moment is being blessed enough to go to watch back-to-back games at Lambeau. I saw the Bears and the Rams. And then in those games, seeing back-to-back pick sixes by Rasul Douglas. That was freaking awesome, dude. The the Rams one was a little different because that one kind of put the game away. That was kind of like the nail in the coffin. Mm. The Bears one was awesome because – you know, I'm just in a sea of Bears fans. You know, I'm kind of kind of up there in the nosebleeds a little bit. And I'm in a sea of Bears fans, and they're all talking, having a great time. And Rasul Douglas picks it off and takes it to the house, and he breaks Fields' ankles on the way there. And I'm like, that was fucking awesome. I'm screaming, let's go! <laughs> just the adrenaline rush I had during that, that was just amazing. My number one moment of the season was just one player. It's Rasul Douglas. Okay. Um, being in a situation where we lose the best cornerback in the league and we pick up a guy that's been on practice squads for the last two years and it's, and it's Rasul Douglas and, you know, you hear good things, you know, he's, he's been working hard. He's been trying to get back onto an NFL roster and then he just 
lights the world on fire by being super awesome and getting five interceptions. Um, yeah. Obviously, Jake mentioned the back-to-back pick sixes. He, he won the Cardinals game, so he got his revenge yep. on the on the practice squad team. He won the Cardinals game. Yep. And, you know, I shared a quote from Joe Barry about Rasul Douglas, you know, being a guy who's staying late after practice and studying plays and film. And um, I am fully 100% committed to Rasul Douglas and letting Kevin King and potentially Chandon Sullivan walk and mm-hmm. and Rasul Douglas being back on this team and the Packers having a really good trio of cornerbacks next season. And the two safeties. I mean, the back end looks really good right now. Um, My number one moment, and it's going to take a lot. Like, I'm going to be honest. It's going to take a lot for this to get misplaced in my brain. The I own you in Chicago. <laughs> the amount of, like, I don't know how many views that video has, but I've easily watched it a thousand times on my TV in the living room. I turn the volume up to 100, and you just hear Rogers go, I own you. Oh, my fucking life, I own you. And I just get chills every time. I just got a little bit of chills right now. But that <laughs> moment, every time I think about, I, I could put myself mentally, like sitting on my couch, watching Rogers run, and then watching him just talk shit to the entire city of Chicago, <laughs> I will never be over that. That was uh, absolutely that's amazing. Good stuff. I I loved that moment. I, I'm yeah, serious. That that might be my favorite Packer moment of all time. That was fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> to, to put it plain, that's simple, yeah, man. that's good stuff. Yeah. All right, man. All right. Well, well, let us know yours. We're going to share this, and we'll put our top fives, and um, we'll let people add to it if they want to add to it and let us know theirs. Um, yep. Our buddy Cody sent us some, so we can uh, we can throw those in with the comments and stuff. And uh, yep, yep. Uh, you can let us know yours. Um, so real quick before we switch to basketball, I just want to throw out – just want to throw it out there that 24 days ago – we, me specifically, proposed that the Badgers make a play for Caleb Williams. Yep. And now that's apparently a strong possibility. I just want to throw it out there that I said it first. I, I just mean, want to throw that out there. I just want to put that out there. I mean I said it. We're gonna be we're gonna be coming out with a new uh a, a new segment here pretty soon. And I would say that me and you kind of fall in that category. I'm just saying, bro. Hey, all right, all right. I'm just like saying, that. bro. Um, we be doing some shit. So Caleb Williams <laughs> is looking at three teams. Supposedly, he's looking at Wisconsin, USC, nope. and LSU. Um, for me, I personally don't see USC happening because the the quarterback that Caleb Williams took over for at Oklahoma, he already transferred to USC. So he'd be competing with the same quarterback he was competing with last season, who's already obviously been a starting caliber quarterback, and that's where Lincoln Riley went. So that quarterback already followed to mm-hmm. USC. So I don't see that as an option as strong of an option, at least given the fact that he'd have to go and compete with a starting job. Whereas the other, the other two being Wisconsin and LSU, the moment that he shows up, he's the starter. But Um, why would you want to go to LSU? Think of the gauntlet you have to go through, man. That's yeah. I'm seriously. And Brian Kelly always folds in big games anyways. Yeah. I did see that. Um, the Big Ten is considering doing away with the divisions, so the East and West wouldn't be a thing anymore. I haven't read anything about it yet because they're in really, really early discussions with it, and it wouldn't be in effect until 2023. 
So I haven't dug into that a ton yet. Mm-hmm. But that being said, he could get a, an Ohio State matchup or a Michigan matchup a little more often that way. You know why they want that? They, because they want the Badgers playing Michigan and Ohio State. Well, and not Iowa and Purdue. And they want Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. That's what they really want because Michigan finally got over the hump and look, and they're probably going to be getting a lot of recruits now. So that's really what it's about. And so <clears throat> money. Um, the Wisconsin Badgers posted an offensive coordinator position. So that is an open position. So Paul Chris will not be the offensive coordinator in 2022. Um, so that's just something I wanted to throw out there. And if Caleb Williams wants to pick USC, he has until this Friday, like two days from today, that's when spring registration ends for USC. So if he wants to attend spring practice at USC, he has to make that decision by this Friday. So if he hasn't picked USC by this Friday, I would, say I would say it's down to 50-50 between LSU and Wisconsin. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Hey, if, Dude, it, happens, I... <laughs> if it happens, you have to reshare that with with the date. With the and... date. <laughs> and and just the the Mr. Bean when he's walking around just giving everybody the middle fingers and being like, I was right! <laughs> and I'll reshare that the same day that I reshare it from uh, last February when I said that Joe Barry was the linebacker whisperer and be like, see, listen to me, I'm smarter than Skip Bayless. He shouldn't be making millions of dollars. Yeah, we should be making millions of dollars, yeah. damn it. Yeah, I know it's not a hard flex and it's not a big flex to say that we're smarter than Skip Bayless, but I'll throw it out there. I mean... The guy's been, you know, he talks about being a journalist for 30 years. Yeah, screw your journalism. Your opinions are trash. Yeah. That's what this is about. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw a couple Badgers things out there before we moved into basketball. So are you ready to talk basketball? Yeah, we're doing Bucks or Badgers first? Bucks. We'll do Bucks first. Okay, okay. We usually do pros in college. Next week we'll do Badgers first. Um, next week we're going to have Mike join us, who joined us during um, – the Badgers primer. Uh, we're going to have some guests back with us next week to discuss Badger basketball and give kind of an update on, um, on the primer. So next week we'll start with Badgers. Um, yes. Cody, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a, a, a good point to bring up. Um, Caleb Williams is uh, friends with Dean Ingram, who is a cornerback for the Badgers. He did all the um, like the return game stuff and his dad is actually linked as a potential candidate for the Badgers' offensive coordinator position. Shit, I didn't know all that, man. I'm learning this right now. <laughs> wow. So, yes, Cody, thank you for reminding me that um, that he's friends with Dean Ingram and his dad is a candidate for the offensive coordinator. <laughs> if, we, if we get Caleb. I'm not wearing a Lancaster shirt, okay? No. Nope. Nope. Not doing it. Nope. Not doing it. You would have to pay me – at least a hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. Just the jersey tee or the whole jersey? They probably don't even make Lancaster jersey tees. What am I? Asking probably, I guarantee for? you they don't. Like <laughs> if they don't make Lazard ones, like I had to get my Lazard one custom. If they don't make Lazard jerseys, they definitely don't make Lancaster jerseys. That's that's very true. Okay. Anyway, back to basketball. Um, yes. <laughs> um the Bucks uh, responded after losing six of their last eight, and their only two big or their only two wins being really big wins over Golden State and Brooklyn. Um, responded with a three-game winning streak. So we will start with the Bucks and Grizzlies game. Um, what do you want to say about the Bucks and the Grizzlies? Well, there's two things we know going into this game before it happened: Giannis and John Morant 
are both top 10 players in the NBA right now. After yep. we left this game, we knew that Giannis knew the same and were top 10 players. <laughs> um, this was a great game. Giannis, obviously a man's man. Chris Middleton had a really good game. People need to stop with the Chris Slander. I don't understand dude, why we have to okay. keep saying you, this. No, you, you did this. You did this. So, I did this, no. Dude. Uh, we're gonna get into a segment here where we're gonna we're gonna talk about players of the week and where you have we have something called for. Chris Middleton has played like eight of his last nine games at an all-star level, and people will still complain about the damn Toronto game like he had one bad game out of his last ten. Yeah, dude. And then just crickets when he goes ten of twenty for thirty-four points on the game that Giannis missed. Yeah, yeah. 12 of 20, I have. I was, Five of seven. I was throwing numbers out because I was heated and I didn't want to look at my notes because I didn't feel like looking it up. On <laughs> 12 of 20, 5 of 7 from 3. Oh, but he had a bad game against Toronto. He's not worth his contract. And then silence when he lights it up. Stop doing that. If you're not going to be there on the opposite end of the spectrum when he plays well, don't complain about the one bad game that he had. This, you, is, you... this is an earmuffs time. Earmuffs right now. Anybody watching with kids? Earmuffs right now. That is bullshit. Don't do that. Nine out of ten games plays all-star level. One bad game, and that's the thing you complain about? Don't do that. I'm it, sick of that. I'm sick of seeing that. Like, four seasons in a row of that shit. Man. I'm tired of it. Dude. You can't tell. I was I was having a, having a conversation uh his name is greg it's actually the guy that uh sold me the packers tickets and i was talking to greg you know about about you know the packers and and you know if you can't stick with us you know we're winning then you shouldn't be with the playoffs and we're talking about chris middles we're talking about everything and he's just like you know what people in wisconsin they just like to complain and that's just 100 percent. you know like these people just like to complain they like to find things to complain about and you're gonna choose chris middleton who by the way is in my player of the week because he balled out this week i'm yep. sure he's in yours too he played great yep. i mean 27 seven rebounds seven assists what more are you gonna ask from a guy and There's and this more. is against There's the grizzlies team this is against a grizzlies team that was third in the west so it's not like this is against a grizzlies team that is still 10th in the west and it's just john morant by they the way they've won a, 12 of their last 13 games coming into this game they have a great tandem john morant and jaron jackson that is a great duo yeah. Jaron Jackson's a really good matchup for Giannis. Um, he is. He's long, he's, athletic, he's, can shoot yep. threes, yep. Can defend. That, that's literally all of it. <laughs> yeah, um, he, he does it all. Yeah, the, the length, athleticism, and the scoring ability. Uh, Jaron Jackson's a really good matchup for Giannis mm-hmm. um, to, to challenge him. Um, that being said, you don't stop Giannis. Um, no. You can only hope to contain him. He had 14 at halftime. Um, he set the tone really early attacking. Um, hit two of three threes in the first half. Um, yep. Threw an alley-oop to himself off the backboard because Giannis doesn't care what you want to do. He does what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Drew Holiday coming back in this game. It's yep. basically a situation that we've discussed with other players. When they come back, they're not going to be at their mid-season performance level. You got to let guys get their legs back. This is something we talked about with Chris. We talked about it with Dante. We talked about it with Giannis. We talked about it with Drew now. We're going to talk about it with somebody else because before this game at the Bucks practice, there was a player who was there practicing. 
volume up. He goes by the name of Brooke Lopez. Let's go, baby. Brooke Lopez is back at practice. And Let's he's go. not off to the side just doing shooting drills. He's like had a big old sweat ring this big on uh, the middle of his shirt. So Brooke Lopez is back and practicing. That Let's being go. said, the the last I I really should have like saved where I saw this, but the, the expected date that I saw for Brooke Lopez is March first. Um I remember seeing that. And until I see something different, I'm gonna stick with that because I think that's a good target date. That's after the all-star break. That's after the trade deadline. Um, it gives him still another month to finish healing from his back injury. And yeah. that gives him about a month and a half of regular season before we get into playoffs. So I think that March 1st is still a really good target date for Brook Lopez. So I'm going to hold on to that one until I see something different. Um, that being said, Jake already mentioned Jaron Jackson. He's a really good matchup for Giannis. Um, there was one play. Uh, it was about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Ball went all the way around. All five players touched the ball. Chris Middleton finished it off by hitting a three in the corner. That's that's the type of ball movement we want to see. Less one-on-one, ISO, less dribbling. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Uh, wanting to see the Bucks dribble with purpose and not just yes. dribbling to pound the ball into the floor. Um, one thing I got to say, Bobby Portis is an absolute monster on the offensive boards. It's not anything new. He had four offensive rebounds in this game. It's nothing new, but it's it's going to be talked about all the time. Bobby Portis finished with a double-double. He actually said that that was one of his goals, was to average a double-double. Um, and he had 14 points, 10 rebounds, and two blocks in this game. George Hill added 14, 6-6, six and six, starting in yep. the point guard role. Uh, Pat Connaughton had 13 points. And the Bucks. I'm glad that this is happening because it was one of my goals before the All-Star break. The Bucks are shooting the free throws really well. They are. 21 of 22 against the Grizzlies. That's that's a huge key. That's one of the Bucks' like Achilles heel things is being a poor free throw shooting team. And so far in the last two weeks or so, it seems like they're fixing that. Um, it's because they're listening to us. Yeah, that's got to be it. It can't be <laughs> anything else. No. <laughs> so, did you notice this was, um, I think it was at about 350 left in the fourth quarter, who yeah. Drew Holiday was guarding? Jackson, right? He was guarding Jaron Jackson. Yeah. And both Budenholzer and Drew Holiday talked about it after the game, mm-hmm. um, about Drew Holiday guarding Jaron Jackson. Um Isaac commented about James Harden crying in his press conference. Anytime anything bad happens to James Harden, as long as it's not like a like a life altering thing, <laughs> that makes me laugh. Like, yeah, like on the back. Like, I don't court. want one of his relatives to die, but like, if the Nets lose a bunch of games and now James Harden is being linked to the 76ers next year, like that makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't respect James Harden. So, um, back to Drew Holiday. Um, Budenholzer talked about it after the game. He said, we've messed around with it some this year where we can throw him on a bigger guy and see if they choose to grow it. Drew, he's really good at guarding bigs one-on-one. Um, he's got such a strong base. I know, and it's it's really, really interesting to see the way that they use Drew Holiday in these defensive situations. Mm-hmm. Obviously, every team presents a different challenge, and it's something that was kind of like a what are they doing a little bit when Drew Holiday spent a lot of time guarding Kevin Durant in the the Nets series last year. Yeah. But 
Drew Holiday has shown he can guard above his height because he is so strong. Um, we actually saw that at training camp last year, right after they traded for Drew Holiday, and he was guarding Giannis in practice and like not letting Giannis back him down. Um, so Drew Holiday, this is what he said. He said a lot of times they don't even use the screen to try to get the you know the mismatch. Obviously, they don't want to use the screen because then you're getting Drew Holiday switched on. Because then you're having a guard on guard, right? <laughs> yeah. So he says they don't want me to switch on him, and he said I feel like that ends up working out well for us. And I, I mean, would say so. If if you if you have the guy catch it deep, right? Like say you're having him catch 17, 18 feet out, and he's got his back turned, he's ready to to face you up or try to back you down. I think that's a good situation for Drew to be in. The only guy that really is gonna like kill you is Durant. A guy like that that just kill you from the mid range. That's the only way to fadeaways and shoot over you. Yeah, that's the only way really to beat that. To be honest with you, because he has such good hands. So if you dribble, he could steal it. He always – I don't understand. I still don't understand. In the fourth quarter, we're down by two. He just gets yeah, a steal. The Drew, the Drew Holiday four-court steal. How? How does he do that? He just knows, like, oh, we're down by two? 18 seconds left? Like, give me that. <laughs> like, just give me the ball. But that's really the only way to beat it. it. You know, you're talking about him. He's talking about setting the screen that really is a switch. That's a good situation for the Bucks to be in. You could blitz him, you know, force yep. a bad pass. And that's why they force people to shoot threes. Yep. So I'm going to come back to this when we do preview because I'm going to throw out a, a kind of a crazy idea and we'll see if it happens a little bit. Um, <clears throat> so a couple things that I want to say. Um, Giannis showing off his strength, got a rip away rebound and then an and one layup. That was, that was, that's just Giannis making a grown man move. Badass. Um, Bobby Portis is, is just an artist as far as rebounding is concerned. He puts himself in the right positions. That's, it's a skill that takes a while to learn, but it's it's super valuable to be able to judge rebounds. And watching Bobby Portis put himself in positions to get rebounds, it's uh, something he doesn't get credit for. Obviously, it shows up in the in the box score when you know Bobby Portis has fourteen and ten, but um, he doesn't really get credit for how good of a rebounder he actually is. Um, and obviously, so it benefits the Bucks on um, on the offensive end, right? Um, Memphis is the best fast break team in the NBA and the Bucks matched them 18 points to 18 points on fast break points. That's yeah. The Bucks should be averaging like 15 to 20 on fast break just off Giannis alone. Really? Right. <laughs> um, there was one play Giannis had a block led to, uh, Dante, Dante DiVincenzo. This pass that he threw, he got one catch through a, Full court bounce pass across the court to a like, like underneath a guy's arm, and he had his back turned to Giannis, who got an and one layup. He might have traveled on that play, but it's the NBA. <laughs> it's the it's the gather step. That's such I a know. gray area. I know. Um, do you think Aiton is a possibility for the Bucks, and would you want him? It's gonna cost a lot of money, man. I don't know. He would absolutely be a rental, given the fact that he wants like forty million a season. Um, he would absolutely be a rental. Honestly, I kind of wouldn't want him because I think the I think the Bucks exposed him in the playoffs last year. He's yeah, but we have the guy that exposed him. <laughs> you know, I, I I understand, but given that he would have to go up potentially against Durant a little bit. Obviously, it's not going to be much, but then you have to look at a guy like Bam Adebayo. Um, he would he, he would be Bam. good for a, he would 
I don't know if I'd say that he can match Bam. He can match Bam. Dude, Aiden is a stud. That guy's a 20 and 20 guy, man. Great finisher in the paint. He's not a passer or anything like that. Bam stretches the floor on offense is the thing that concerns me. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I guess I'm not opposed. It was, it would, I don't know what it would take to get him. Yeah, that's that's the part it. I was thinking. I'd 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 have to see if we were giving up. Yeah, I mean, if the money works out and we could just give you know Dante Wara, Semi Ojale, and Rodney Hood in a second round pick, and they would take that, like sure. But I I really think they're going to be in a position where they can get a lot more for DeAndre Ayton. For a team that can for a team that thinks they can resign him, mm-hmm. like like let's say the Magic, for example, if they would be willing to trade, you know, Mo Bamba and Terrence Ross to Phoenix for DeAndre Ayton, like that I could see as a much bigger possibility and then Orlando turning around and giving DeAndre Ayton whatever money he wants. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'd um, rather have Capella too. That guy's Isaac said great Capella. Finisher. He's a yeah, yeah. He's a guy that I like. I'd like around Giannis, even though he's not he's not a great shooter, but um, man, but think of all the blocking we're gonna do. Holy moly. <laughs> Capella right? and Giannis, yeah, come in our paint. See what happens. <laughs> um so this couple things left in this game. Um nope, I already said that. Um Giannis finished out. 33 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals and a block, uh, 2 for 4 on 3, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Jake already mentioned Chris Middleton's 27, 7 and 7. And the only other thing I have to say from this game is get the turnovers down. 15 turnovers is a little high. And then this is one of those things that the Bucks struggled with like the past two weeks is closing games. Mm. And the Bucks did that this game. They closed yep. the game late. Um their lead was cut down to three with about two and a half minutes left. George Hill got two free throws and then Giannis scored six straight points. So that's, they responded well against a good team and closed the game out late. And I was happy to see that in addition to Drew Holiday being back and finding out that Brook Lopez is practicing. Yep. All right. Anything else from the Grizzlies game? No. All right. Let's talk about the Bulls game. So, you go from the Grizzlies game of 126 to 114, and now you're in the Bucks game of 94-90, <laughs> the Bucks and Bulls. Yeah, it goes, eh, eh, and then back up when we get to yeah, the Yeah, because the Kings game was just 133-127. Yeah, crazy. Um, Giannis, 30 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists. He had 30 of our 94. The guy was a third of our offense. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, Chris Milton. 16, 10, and 6, that's still a good game in my opinion, especially when you're in a game that's 94-90. You know neither team is shooting that well. I mean, even Giannis was 11 of 23, which isn't amazing for a guy that really a sticks little in the under, Yeah, That's a little right. under 50%, yeah. I mean, Bobby, 12 and 13. Uh, he w- he was 5 of 15. He was 1 of 7 from 3. He, Six. He did. Six offensive rebounds for Bobby Portis. Yeah, monster. Um, he did, He didn't play that great. The thing that kind of bothered me in this game, uh, especially at halftime when I was sitting there watching it, DeMar DeRozan had 35 points. Half of his points came from the free throw line. He had 10 free throws at half. Like, that's just – I was like – phantom foul calls. That was He really game. did. And I was like, bro, are they just going to let DeMar freaking go for 50 and shoot 28 free throws? Like, what is happening right now? 
I mean, he ends up shooting 18, makes 17 of 18. So when he went to the line, he made it count. But, you know, when you look at the, the field goal percentages from this game, neither team was, was shooting that good. I mean, the Bucks 34 of 88, and the Bulls are 31 of 85. I mean, that's – I got a I got a stat for you on that. That's It's not crazy, but I, I was – we gotta. We can't let tomorrow go to the free throw line for eighteen free throws. What's your stat, buddy? So you mentioned the the bad shooting. Uh, this was the Bucks and Bulls, both of their worst three point shooting nights of the season. Oh, I believe it. I mean, Bucks were nineteen percent, and the Bulls were eighteen percent. That the Bulls were seven of thirty eight, and the Bucks were six of thirty one. That is horrible, horrible. This game was hard to watch at some points if it wasn't for Giannis scoring 30. But uh, I'm I'm here for – I'm here to pat you on the back now. Oh, God. Because last week you said the Bucks are capable of winning multiple ways. They are. And they did that. And they closed out another close game against a good team yep. in a low-scoring affair. And a game that was a lot of free throws and – there needed to be a lot of defense, and we're going to talk about Grayson Allen after we finish talking about the rest of this Bulls game. Yep. But um, what I'm like to, like to see is Chris Middleton. He had a shoulder jab that he just like put the shoulder down, and the dude just like, and then Middleton buried the three. Um, it's just seeing Middleton's confidence building um, as he's played well the last couple weeks. He's also playing more aggressive. He's driving to the hoop. Um, he's starting to maybe get some more calls. But what that's doing is him driving to the hoop more is it gives defenders just even just a half step of caution because he's doing pump fakes. He's driving to the basket. He's getting some layups. Um, that just gives him just this much more space to shoot. And I think it's helping his field goal percentage. Oh, obviously getting getting layups helps your field goal percentage, but getting yourself just a little bit more space and, and comfort shooting jumpers also helps your field goal percentage because it gets you better open looks. Um, so I like what I'm seeing from Chris Middleton in that aspect. There was one point where Giannis drove on the right side of the lane and then finished on the left side. Yep. And it's like, why is he so long? <laughs> I don't understand, <laughs> but he's just so agile for how big he is. It's incredible. And, he, and his finishing ability is second to none. The way that he finishes around the rim in a variety of ways, whether it's finger rolls or throwing the ball off the backboard to himself or dunking on your whole team. Yep. It's, he, he led the NBA last year in most points off finger rolls. That's a good stat. I remember, see, I remember seeing that like one of the last games of the year, regular season, and they were like, Giannis leaves the NBA in finger roll points. And I was like, I would have never thought about that stat if you didn't tell me that. <laughs> All right. Steve Novak, baby. <laughs> nice. All right. Yes, so I, I predicted that Giannis was going to go for 40 against the Bulls. Obviously, it's ended up turning into a low-scoring game. But Giannis still had 30 points, 12 rebounds, I three mean, assists, and two blocks. And again, the team only scored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so it's like 40. <laughs> right. That's if, if this game is a 120 to 118, like Giannis would have 40. Shit, he might have had 50 if he kept being <laughs> that much of our offense. Um, Middleton, 6 of 15. That's 40% on field goals. That's not great. It's mm-hmm. not awful, but it's not, yeah, it's not great. But he did turn in the double double, 16 points, 10 rebounds, added six yep. assists. And yep. I will have more with Chris Middleton when we get to it. Um, and you mentioned Bobby Portis, the 12 points, the 13 rebounds. I threw out the six offensive rebounds 
Guess how many offensive rebounds the Bulls had as a team? Six. Six. Oh, man, I'm getting good at this game, baby. Bobby Portis had as many offensive rebounds as the entire Chicago Bulls roster. Man, that has to hurt since he got drafted by the Bulls. I bet it does. I bet he was nowhere near the three-point shooter that he was then. No, dude, he's a great – I mean, I know he shot bad in this game, but he is a great three-point shooter. He's re- he, he's now – I mean, he shot a lot in the corners last year. He, he still shoots in the dude, corner. Dude, he's but walking into him at the top of the oh, – the, the top of the key ones are, are big because he could be kind of that secondary like the, break. I do. I brought that up with you a couple weeks ago that he was purposely trailing behind plays when Giannis yeah. is driving to the rim, and he's purposely trailing behind, and everybody's so focused on Giannis that they forget about Bobby Portis, and he's just getting wide open threes. Yeah, wide open, dude. Um, like, top of the key just <laughs> before we talk about Grayson Allen, I want to mention one thing about three point shots. At one point in this game, the Bulls missed 18 in a row. That's very bad. <laughs> that is very bad. All right. So let's talk about let's talk about Grayson Allen. What what do you think about this? I mean, he's suspended for tonight's game. Mm-hmm. Um he got a flagrant too. I have my personal thoughts about it, but I I will share that. I want to get your opinion on Grayson Allen before I share mine. Okay, so before I say anything, I was debating this play with a couple Bulls fans, and one of them is going through a tough time. And I told them, you know, I'm sorry for your tough time. Uh, his dad actually passed away, so that's very sad. That's concerning to me. I mean, you guys have seen my dad. Tyler's close to his dad. Dads are important, man. And, you know, to go through something like that and to be that high on your emotions is probably why he reacted the way he did. But please, everybody just understand that it's just sports, okay? There's no reason to try to go anywhere outside of that realm. Now, to my point, I do not think there's uh, any intentions to actually injure him. Did I? Did Grayson Allen think, you know, after the play happened that, Caruso is going to be out six to eight weeks. Absolutely not. He's making a basketball play. Uh, Grayson Allen is just a super competitive guy, and he hates losing. And I can tell that just because I have a stepson who's nine years old, and he destroys his entire room when he loses. So I have to try to rein that in and be like, hey, you got to take that energy into trying to get better at your game. Now, Grayson Allen, was he dirty at Duke? Yeah. Did he do some dirty things early in his career in summer league? When he, when he first got in the NBA, yeah, he did when he swung on that guy in the summer league game. But after that, I don't I don't think that he's a dirty player. I don't think of Grace Allen as a dirty player anymore, not just because he's on the Bucks. I haven't heard anything about him. I, th- and, I think he cleaned it up in Memphis. And when, when, you, when you look past that, if, if you take your judgment and look past all that stuff, you might find out that Grayson Allen has some game. He has a little bit of a handle, a little bit of a jump shot. He's got some good on-ball defense. He's a Good player. He's a glue oh, he's guy. Tough. He's he's a glue guy. You know, you yeah. have all these star players like the Bucks. You're just like, okay, we need a guy that plays defense and shoots threes. Glue guy, Grayson Allen. Boom. Guard. He can guard on the perimeter. Yeah. He can go down low, mix it up. It's like I don't think still, he was trying to be dirty. You're still in here. You need a glue guy. You need a guy that can shoot threes and play physical yep. and play with energy. Yep. Bobby Portis, give me that. Yep. Or Pat Connaughton. I mean, there's just a number of players on the Bucks. These I don't think it was a like, dirty play. I think he was going yeah. for the ball. Yep. Um, before I say what I want to say, um, uh, I want to say that Billy Donovan is super soft for his comments, dude. Um, oh God, he should be out as long as the other guys out. He, he should shut be, up. Yeah, he should be out as long as Caruso was injured. Like this, 
I, he, he could have ended his career. Yes, that could happen to any player at any time. Okay, what happened to Amari Stoudemire after Andrew Bogut freaking destroyed his elbow? There was, there was no suspension for that. Was that a dirty play? That play was easily more dirty than the Grayson Allen play. Easily. That play easily. was horribly unnecessary. That, that transitions into what I wanted to say is that Grayson Allen, he's not trying to pull a guy down by his shoulders. He didn't swing at his head or his face or his neck. He didn't, mm-hmm. like, he didn't grab him by the neck. He didn't grab him by the shoulders. Those are the flagrant two things. The, the first contact was with his left hand, and he went for the ball. And then the second arm, in my this is in my opinion, I'm sure if you're a Bulls fan, you see it differently. But the second arm was to try to make sure that Caruso didn't get an and one attempt. Mm-hmm. that's why he's swinging at the hands, the arms is that he's trying to make sure Caruso doesn't get an attempt there. Part of this too, is I think Caruso is trying to avoid contact. So if Caruso is trying to spin in the air while Grayson is swinging at his arms. That's it's, it's a, it's a hard foul. I, I'm not going to say that it's a good foul. It's a hard foul. I'm, I would be fine with a flagrant one. That being said, he was given the flagrant two foul and suspended for a game. We talked about this before the show, and this is what I said about this, is that 95% of the NBA does not get a one-game suspension and a flagrant two foul for that play. Yep, exactly. The name Grayson Allen, because he's had issues in the past, which has been a long time in the past now, at least four years, the name Grayson Allen is what got him the one-game suspension. I 100% agree with that. Um, that's another one of those things is that Billy Donovan said that he's been a dirty player going back to college. He graduated college in 2018 was when he came out of college. He was a dirty player. He's been a dirty, hasn't been a dirty player since college is what he really yeah. should have said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Not well, a, he has been a to dirty first guys. I understand it, but, and it's come on, man. One, one incident in four years after, Basically, I would say is cleaning up his image. Like I know when the Bucks first traded for him, the people were concerned. They're like, "Oh, I, I didn't like him at Duke because one of the dirty plays that he had was against Wisconsin." Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't think for a second that Grayson Allen was trying to injure Caruso on that play. Not for a second. Uh, I mean, the entire Bucks team says like, oh, we love him in practice. We love him. We love playing with him. He plays hard. He's a good guy. Like He's a the coaching staff and every single one of the players is like backing him. I don't think that he had that intention to hurt anybody. I really don't. Honestly, I didn't see any other Bulls players say anything bad about it. Billy yeah. Donovan is the only one that I saw say things about it. Now, let, let's let's clean this up a little bit. We don't wish that Crusoe got hurt. That's well, what, of course that's not. what we never ever cheer for injuries. Ever. Right. We, that's what took this from like just a conversation to like a, a problem, I guess we'll say. Cause it, it was, it was not really a problem in my opinion. I don't I mean, think Russo came back and finished the game with tape on his wrist. Yeah. But then he needed surgery and that's what got him to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, to keep him out as long as Caruso was hurt thing, that's, that's a really childish response, in my opinion, honestly. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Like, you can't determine intent on something like that. Mm-hmm. 
it's a little bit different if you know like a helmet to helmet hit in the NFL when a guy leads with his helmet. That's a, a little bit different than right. a guy swinging at somebody's arms trying to prevent an attempt at an and one or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought that was a really a really unnecessary comment by Billy Donovan. Um, and like I said, ninety five percent of the NBA that's a flagrant one. That's two free throws in the ball and not a suspension. Um, you know, like a handful of guys that we threw out before the show started was um, like Ron Artest. Um, I threw Dwight Howard out there because he gets technical fouls a lot. Um, I threw Lance Stevenson out there. Jake said maybe De- uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Just guys mm-hmm. like that, that that get a lot of technical fouls on us. Draymond Green, you said? Um, yeah, Draymond Green is one of those guys that would maybe get that, uh, that flagrant two in suspension, but I mean, if, but if nobody Dante wants to call Draymond dirty and he's kicking people in the balls. <laughs> yeah. No, like if Dante DiVincenzo makes that play, it's a flagrant one and no suspension. Mm-hmm. If, if Jordan Clarkson makes that play, that's not a flagrant two and a suspension. Right. I mean, it is what it is. Say, say James Harden made that play. People aren't going to start calling he's, he's him not, dirty. He's definitely not getting suspended. No. Um, yeah, if Devin Booker makes that play, he's not getting suspended. No, but he would try to get the the mascot kicked out. Weak ass. I'm not letting him get get over that. I'm not letting him get over that. Weak ass. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the Bucks and the Bulls? Nah, it felt good to beat another Chicago team because we own you. Yeah, and I think as far as teams being fully healthy because they didn't play with Zach Levine and Drew Holiday was still on a minutes restriction in this game. Um the Bucks are gonna wax the Bulls. We're gonna and we're and gonna a full them. a full strength team on both sides. Giannis is going for 40. You do See, not have anybody to stop Giannis. And they're they're gonna get desperate. They're gonna try to go crazy and try to get somebody, but they're and obviously they're gonna, gonna trade one of their better more. offensive players if they do that. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I, seen that they're gonna try to get Jeremy Grant and they're Maybe have to give up Vucevic to get him. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, I'm really looking forward. I, I, what I want in the playoffs in the second round, I want Bucks versus Bulls, and then I want Heat versus Nets. That would be a great. That would sem- be. That'd be a good that'd series. Be two great semifinal series. And when I yeah. brought it up in our group chat, Cody was like, "Bucks would beat the Bulls in five games," and I was like, "Easily, I'd give them a game, but yep. we we would destroy them." Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk Bucks and Kings, the third of the the three game winning streak, and it seems weird, like some of the scheduling the Bucks have going on, like the fact that they play back to back, and then don't play again yeah. until Wednesday. Like we yeah. talked about this before the show, that like the Packers lost sucked, but then we had to wait until Wednesday to get another game. Man, that's like so bad. <laughs> like the Badgers were supposed to play last night. That game got rescheduled for tomorrow night, um, but then next week too. They play, um, they play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, and then they don't play again until Friday. Like they play every other day, and then they don't have another game until. Actually, I don't. They don't even play Friday. They play Saturday. They go from Tuesday to Saturday. Oh Jesus! <laughs> well, this Bucks and Kings game was really, really high scoring. No Giannis in this yeah. game for the Bucks, and then no De'Aaron Fox for Sacramento. So yep. the two best players for each team are out. Yep. Um, after the Bucks won this game, it was their 11th straight win versus the Kings. 
Not yep. surprising because the Kings you know are terrible. The last one was. No, what was that? February first, two thousand sixteen. Jesus Christ! I was living in Sheboygan, dude. <laughs> the last time the Kings beat the Bucks, I was living in Sheboygan. Oh my God, dude! My life, dude! I literally like, wow, bro! You just blew my mind. <laughs> Holy camoli! Holy camoli! You just blew my mind. Anyways, I'm gonna try to get back here. <laughs> wow, um, Dante had a great game, 20 points. Nice to see him shooting the ball well. Uh, Drew Holiday, 26 points, five rebounds, four assists. Nice to have Drew back. And I'm gonna let Tyler handle the Chris Middleton stuff. Bobby only scored six points, but 12 rebounds again. The guy's just a monster on the boards. I uh, Drew Holiday, or I wanted to mention George Hill, so 17. That's awesome to see that. But the thing I wanted to shout out for the Kings is uh. Wisconsin native out of Oshkosh, uh, Potential future buck. Man, 24.6 rebounds, 12 assists. Kids looking good. That's all I got to say. Kids looking good. Is, for anybody wondering, this is a guy the Bucks have been rumored to be interested in. I mentioned a couple weeks ago the Bucks were attending a Kings-Cavaliers game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks have been rumored to be interested in Tyrese Halliburton. Um, for Bucks fans that don't watch Kings games, because nobody does, um, <laughs> <laughs> his play style, I would say, is similar to Malcolm Brogdon. Um, okay. He can defend, he can shoot, he can pass. He's a he's a good, solid point guard, and he's a little bit mm-hmm. he's a little bit bigger. Um, I think he's like six three. So yeah, he's um, like a tweener guard. Yeah, he's a little yeah. bit of a point guard, a little bit of a shooting guard. That's how I would explain him too. Yeah. So, like I said, the play style of Malcolm Brogdon is how I would describe Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I'd like to see Chris Middleton staying aggressive in this game. Chris Middleton handled himself this game. He did. He, he played the way that you want to see Chris Middleton play when Giannis is out. You want to see Chris Middleton with that killer mentality, and he lit it up. Um, Jake already mentioned um, George Hill, who at mm-hmm. one point, when the Bucks were down by double digits, Chris, uh, Chris, um, George Hill hit back-to-back three-pointers that gave the Bucks the lead. So George Hill was was – active in this game um just a handful of takeaways that i have the bucks still need a rim protector um i yep. mentioned brooke lopez is back to practice but the bucks need a rim protector um rashad holmes got some really nice easy dunks in this game um but the bucks still need a rim protector that being yep. said flipping over to the offensive end um chris middleton just going off the kings are trying to deny him the ball chris middleton gets a, a catch he keeps a guy on his left shoulder Gets a catch on this side, turns baseline, gets fouled as a guy is coming to double him, and still catches the jump shot. Yeah. And then um, this is something we talked about and something that I'm going to bring up. Um, We talked about dribbling with purpose. Uh, Middleton at one point brings the ball up, spins the ball behind his back, does a spin move, drops the ball off to George Hill for a layup. That's... It was Middleton handling the ball like a point guard, and it freaked me out a little bit because it's like, where was that like the last two weeks when you were turning the ball over a whole bunch? Man, oh man, that he was, was just getting his legs under him. I think, and and he's forced to being play point guard like when Drew Holiday's out. Like Middleton's forced to bring the ball up. He's not a ball handler. He plays better off the ball. He, he's not a ball handler. He's not a point guard. But he's forced into it because him and Giannis are the best players in the team, and they're the guys that handle the ball. Mm-hmm. So Middleton was forced to play point guard. 
it, it is what it is, and that's what led to a bunch of turnovers. Um, that being said, the Bucks only had seven turnovers in this game. That is definitely something I was happy to see. Um, that was one of my other goals for the Bucks was to get the turnovers down. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like really in the middle of the league right now. I want to see them get into the top ten. Um, and then Drew Holiday looks like he's got his legs back at one point. Um, he got a drive and a dunk. His legs, his legs look good. He looks better. He's got 26 points, five rebounds, and four assists in this game. Um, you already mentioned the 17 by George Hill. Pat Connaughton added 15 points, and Chris Middleton lit it up. 34 points, six rebounds, five assists, and as Jake mentioned before, five of seven on threes. Um, you mentioned Bobby Portis struggling, still got the 12 rebounds. And then Dante DiVincenzo showed up for a game. He was cashing threes. He was three for five on threes. He finished with 20 points. Um, it was just a good bounce back from a poor shooting night to go to a hot shooting night. The Bucks were 50% on threes, 21 for 42, and continuing the good free throw shooting. I'm very, very happy to see that. 22 for 25 on free throws in this game. Yeah. That free throws win games, baby. Free throws win games. And and that second quarter was the key. Um, the Bucks were down by double digits at point and point. It led by double digits at one point, but they were down by double digits at one point. The second quarter, they outscored Sacramento 35-19. to 19. Um, The rest of the game was was pretty even. So, um, That being said, uh, before we do our new segment, I just want to throw out a couple of things. Uh, the Bucks are up to 10th in the NBA in free throw percentage, so they're getting close. I wanted to get them into the top 10. Uh, they're 7th in the NBA in three-point percentage. The turnovers are slowly improving. Um, I already mentioned Grace Allen is suspended for tonight. Um, the Bucks without Drew Holiday this year are four and nine. So Drew Holiday is a very key piece of this team. Having him back, the Bucks are now on a three-game winning streak. With the whole big three playing in games, the Bucks mm-hmm. are nineteen and three. Yep. So for anybody who thinks that the Bucks are are fading and their window is already closed or whatever, or they're not one of the top teams in the East or in the NBA, or they're not a title contender. That's just straight up false. When the, when the bucks are healthy, they are winning a lot. Well, healthy. We don't have Brooke. If we so, have Brooke, yeah, we, we would still don't be, have Brooke. Yeah. We'd be waxing people, honestly. Yeah. So that being said, any, any bucks slander, I would direct you to their record when they're as healthy as they can be. Yeah. We will destroy yeah. And by the way, all of our big three can play home and road games. Mm. You like that one? That's good. I agree with that. Like that one? Yeah. All right. So that being said, Jake and I are going to do a new thing. Uh, we do three stars of the game every Packers game. Yep. So now week to week, every week, we are going to do a power pair. So each of us are going to have a pair of players. We're going to do this for the Bucks and the Badgers. Um, we're going to have a Bucks power pair of the week and we're going to have mm-hmm. a Badgers power pair of the week. So that being said, um, I think Jake and I have the same two this week and it might be the case, but, um, give me, give me one of your power pair and explain why. And then I'll do one because I think we have the same two. I'm going to let you keep your guy and I'll, t- I'll take everybody's guy. Uh, I have, <laughs> yeah. Gian- I have Giannis. Uh, he averaged 31 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. I mean, what more could be said? Can be said about this guy. This guy's a seven foot point guard at times, and he's still grabbing 13 and a half rebounds and going for 30. I mean, like like I said, 
really the reason I put him on here is because of that Bulls game. We scored 94 points, and he had 30 of them. He really, really showed his importance to this team every game that he plays with the Bucks up 14 to 11 on the Cavaliers right now. And Bobby Portis is looking like an early power power pair candidate as he has two threes. But um, Giannis, 31, 13, and five. I mean, that's a hell of a week for anybody. Yeah, that's that's basically everything that I had on Giannis. That's why we're just going to do one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. um, the other one that I think we both had was Chris Middleton. Um, yep. He would have been, you know, if we were doing one, two, three stars, Chris Middleton would have been my number one strictly because um, he played all three games. Giannis missed the one game. So that's why I would have had Chris Middleton ahead. Bobby yep. Portis would have earned an honorable mention for me. Um, but Chris Middleton, 25.7 points, 7.7 rebounds, and six assists over those three games. Four. Do you know what the number four is? What's that? He had turnovers. four turnovers yeah. in those three games combined. Yeah, he he was much better. When the Bucks don't turn the ball over with their lazy, you know, we, we both hate it. When they dribble too much, we talked about it. When they dribble too much, that's when they get into trouble. So when everybody's moving and touching the ball and everybody's involved, the Bucks are pretty much unstoppable, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Four turnovers in the last three games after having yeah. eight against Atlanta. Yep. So, yeah, I would say Chris Middleton is back. And like I ranted before, if you complain about his one game after he's had nine good games out of the last ten, just, just go away. Just well, go away. If you complain about one game after he has a lot of good games, you have some personal issues you have to figure out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm frankly tired of it. And the the is he worth his contract when there's guys like Tobias Harris that make more money than Middleton? Middleton, honestly, pay-wise, is exactly where he belongs. He's like the fifth best small forward in the NBA, and he's his pay is fifth best small forward in the league. Yeah. And I posted the stats like two weeks ago that he's got a better free throw or a better field goal and a better three-point percentage than a bunch of guys that should have better percentages than him. If you want to say they're better than him, as far as, you know, all the best players in the NBA, um, Chris Middleton is right in that 20, 25 range. I would say. I, if we did a list, he'd probably be in there. Yeah. So he's, he's paid what he deserves. And if the bucks hadn't signed him when they did, he'd be playing in Dallas right now for max money. Yeah, with Luca, they'd be going he crazy. Took, he took a little bit less to stay in Milwaukee, so people should be thankful for Chris Middleton for that. I mean, and a trophy. <clears throat> yeah, there's <laughs> there's that, and closing out the Eastern Conference Finals when Giannis was out. Yeah, true. So, real quick, I'm just gonna preview what the Bucks have coming up. Um, tonight they're playing Cleveland, so I'm looking at Darius Garland and Jared Allen to see if Drew Holiday can handle the challenge and Bobby Portis handle his challenge. Um, Bucks are fourth in the NBA in scoring. Cleveland is 22nd, so um, sounded like the Bucks were off to an early start, so that's good to see. Friday, the Bucks play the Knicks again. Um, the Knicks are 27th in scoring, so they're even farther behind Cleveland, who's actually been a pretty decently surprising team. Um, yeah, the Knicks are 29th in the NBA in assists. So there's a lot of one-on-one isolation basketball going on there, especially Ugh. with Julius Randle, who has just plummeted this season. From yeah, we can watch him go 11 of 28 every fucking game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the last time the Bucks and the Knicks played, um, 
Julius Randle and Evan Fournier were a combined four of 17, two of 12 on threes. Yikes. The Knicks won the first matchup, but as we've talked about, the Bucks have not been fully healthy all season, and that was in early November. So mm-hmm. then Sunday, the Bucks play the Nuggets. Now, I brought up Drew Holiday guarding Jaron Jackson for a reason because we don't have Brooke Lopez back, and Bobby Portis, he's not a rim protector. And mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic is bigger. So I just want to throw this out there just in case it happens. Maybe, just maybe for a couple possessions, put Drew Holiday on Nikola Jokic and see what happens. I don't know. That'd be interesting, actually. Why not? Just try it out. Just see what happens. Jokic is different, though. He has a handle. That could be that could be tough. He's got he's, he's tough got good to guard. Footwork. I mean, yeah. the only thing I don't I just don't know if he's oh, man. He can't defend like a stationary chair, but I mean, just throwing it out there, maybe. We could try it. Never know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just try it. See what happens. Um that being said, Nikola Jokic leads Denver in points, rebounds, and assists. He's probably a lot of people's MVP right now. Yeah. Um, but the Nuggets are really good at sharing the ball. They're fourth in the NBA in assists and third in the NBA in assist to turnover ratio. So the Bucks got to make their possessions count, and the Bucks got to not turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I'm just throwing it out there because – Budenholzer is aware that they're putting Drew Holiday on opposing bigs. So, mm-hmm. um, and then next Tuesday, uh, the Bucks play the Wizards. They started hot this season and they've really fizzled out. Um, Man, they blew that game against the Clippers last night. Thirty-five yeah, point 35, lead. Yeah, yeah. And they like they let Luke Kennard game them. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> a four-point play. Bad. bad. Um, they are one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA, which plays into the Bucks' strengths. So, yep. Bucks have that going for them. Uh, they do have five players averaging in double figures. So, you know, they have some balanced scoring. They have Bradley Beal. Um, yep. So the Bucks just got to play some focused defense. And, you know, they do what they do. They let other teams shoot threes because that's the shot they live with. Um, so, I mean, Bradley Beal is still a baller. But um, if you look at his percentages, not having that great of a season, he's a volume scorer. And he's not a defender. So, yes, this is that. true. Yeah. There's that. Um. Yeah, that's that's all I got. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Bucks? Nah, man. Let's uh let's talk about this Michigan State game. Ugh. Yeah, only one Badger game in the last week because they got their one postponed. They so. got three next week, so we'll have three to cover yep. next week on Mikey. So that'll yep. be nice. Yeah, next uh, week Thursday, so we will cover the Illinois game next Thursday. Yes, next Thursday. Um. So Michigan State versus Wisconsin. Uh, Badgers lost this one, eighty-six to seventy-four. Kind of uh, tough loss. Um, Wisconsin started this game 8-0, and then Michigan State. Uh, Tom Izzo's a great coach. Love Tom Izzo. Yeah, yeah he's a good coach. Yep. I will never hate on Tom Izzo, even though he's in our conference. He's just a good guy, great coach. He was, you know, he was really in his players' face about effort, effort, effort. He calls a timeout. They come out of the timeout, and they're just – they were beating us to every basketball. They were getting tough layups. They were making the extra passes. And then as soon as that little stuff started happening – then guys started making three-point shots, and they were getting all the 50-50 balls, and it kind of looked like Wisconsin was kind of deer in the headlights for a little bit there, and Michigan State just kind of kind of brought it to us. And I brought this up every single week, and I'm going to continue to bring it up every single week. Bench the Badgers, point? yes, seven <laughs> bench points. Michigan State 
Michigan State scored 86 points, right? Half of their points came off the bench. 43 bench points. Dude, if you say, dude, if the batters, even if the rest of the team just matches what Johnny Davis and Brad Davison put up, the Badgers scored 94 points. Yeah. Johnny Davis and Brad Davison combined for 47. Yep, they did. If the rest of the team just matches those two players. The Badgers win by eight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bowman at four and Neath at three. That's our seven bench points. Here's the real thing that really you brought up. You bring up free throws, right? Yep. So the Badgers are a great free throw free throw shooting team. Ten of eleven. Michigan State shot twenty eight free throws yeah. in our house. They shot seventeen more free throws. That's just disgusting, in my opinion. You can't have that happen. And with them shooting great on free throws, they only shot 12 threes, made half of them. So yep. they did good there. And they shot 29 of 55 from the field overall. They they took it to us, man. It is what it is. Michigan State's a good team. The Big Ten, again, is just loaded with good teams yep. top to bottom. You can yep. get a good game out of a Northwestern tomorrow. There's like, there's like six Big Ten teams ranked right now. Yeah. Tomorrow when we play Nebraska, I don't know what's going to happen. We could we could get a game out of Nebraska. I'm not sure. I mean, I was I was looking at, at some of their recent games and they played pretty good against Ohio State. They just had a game that was canceled, I think, yesterday. That's or no, no, no. Who? No, it was a, it was on Saturday, maybe then. But they were supposed to play Ohio State, and that game got postponed and moved as well. So yep. they're supposed to play Ohio State again. But yeah, I mean. Nebraska's not that good. They're one of the worst teams in the league, and the Big Ten just top to bottom is good. Stacked. It's stacked. Yeah. It's the um, SEC. Like, the SEC is in football. The yeah, Big Ten owns I was basketball. just going to say, the Big Ten is the best conference in basketball. Yeah. Um, Michigan State, I mean, you got to give them credit. Their scoring was really, really balanced. It's something I wish yeah. I could say for the Badgers because it was horribly lopsided. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the 47 points scored by Davis and Davison, 47. The rest of the team scored 27. Yep. Um, I like what I'm seeing from Chucky Hepburn so far. His expectations are going to continue to rise, but he struggled a little bit in this game shooting. Um, Johnny Davis led the team in points, rebounds, and assists. But with one thing you didn't mention is no Tyler Wall in this game. Yep. Yep. He had that injury late in the Northwestern game where he rolled his ankle. Um, he missed this game with an ankle injury. He's been averaging 15 points in the last seven games. And not only that, they miss him on the defensive end. So when Jake's mentioning those free throws, Tyler Wall is a really good defender without fouling. And obviously, looking at this at the end of the game, seeing that Michigan State made 22 free throws and shot 28, yeah. having Tyler Wall would have helped that. Yep, 100%. seeing that the Badgers got basically two thirds of their points from two guys, Tyler Wall would have helped that. And Wall goes to the free throw line, so he would have got them in foul trouble too. So could have changed a lot of stuff. Tyler, yeah, Tyler Wall makes this a different game. Um, that being said, not terribly concerned about the Badgers losing this game. Like Jake said, Michigan State is still a good basketball team. Yeah. I mean, they're um, top 10, basically. They're top 10 they're, now after they beat 10, us. Yep. And we're number yeah, 11. And the Badgers are 11. So that's perfectly fair. I saw the Badgers drop to 11. I'm like, that's that's a fair spot for them. Yeah, Badgers. I'm not upset with that either. Yeah. Um, The Badgers' three-point shooting? 
it's come out of nowhere, it seems yeah. like. Badgers were 12 for 29 on threes. Brett Davison was 6 for 10. Yeah, like, no, that's crazy. And and Johnny Davis, that's one of the things that I mentioned with him, that his three-point shooting has really impressed me. Um, the Badgers cut this game down to six with 10 minutes left, but they just couldn't get over the hump. And that's that's where they could have used a guy like Tyler Wall. So just, just that little more effort. Brad Davison, I, I criticized Brad Davison at times last year when he wasn't mm-hmm. shooting well that – that's when he stopped doing other things and he's, he's done a 180 this year. He's effort hundred percent of the time, even when he's shooting well, he's diving on the floor. He's hyping up opposing teams, crowds. He's screaming. He's yelling at his teammates to hype his teammates up. Like Brad Davison is, he's really, really a true leader on this team this year, despite not being the number one guy. I mean, he's, he's the number two guy, but, um, you know, Brad Davison is doing a really good job of leading this team that is very, very young. I agree. All right. So that being said, I think our, our power pair is pretty obvious that it's the two guys we've been talking about. But yep. um, you pick one, I'll pick the other one. Wow. I'll take I'll take uh I'll take Brad Davison. I mean, what can't be said about this guy? He's a good leader. He's been in college for like nine years now, it feels like. <laughs> but He's taking and making big shots this year. He, in my opinion, has improved his playmaking a little bit. His passing ability has been better. And he's, you know, for a little guy, he's a tough rebounder. So, you know, he had a good game against Michigan State. There was one game. We only have one game to pick from. So, we're going to take right. the top two players from that game. Yeah. So, Brad Davison was was great in that game. Yeah. And I'm, I love what, what I'm seeing from Brad Davison on defense. He's working hard to get over screens. He's scrappy, diving on the floor. I love what I'm seeing from Brad Davison. And yep. obviously, it's Johnny Davis. He's probably going to be in the power pair every single week of the Badgers yep. unless yep. he sits out some games. Yeah, <laughs> That's the only way that I don't foresee um, Johnny Davis being in the power pair for the Badgers every week. Um, and like I said, he led the Badgers in every category. And his three-point shooting, it's, it's – I would say it's exceeded my expectations – probably double what I would have expected from him as far as his three-point shooting is concerned. So um, that being said, Jake is going to let you guys know what is coming up next for the Badgers in the next week. Okay, so next week, uh, first game is tomorrow against Nebraska. Um, I just wrote down some little tidbits here. Uh, Nebraska is 6-13 and this year. They are currently on a six-game losing streak. So not very good times over there in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, they have zero conference wins so far this year. They are 0-8. And the player to look out for for Nebraska is Bryce McGowans. He's a freshman, 6'7", long kid. Um, he is averaging 15.7 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 1.6 assists. And he shoots 39% in his field goals. So he's a kid that in a couple of years from now, we could be really talking about this kid as something, you know, we play Nebraska, like, oh, we got to watch out for McGowans. He has scored in double fingers in eight of his last nine. I remember this kid's a freshman. So he's young, and he's learned how to score. He's the player to look out for. The next game after that, Wisconsin plays against Minnesota. We always love beating Minnesota and Chicago teams. That's one thing in Wisconsin. Border battles. Yep. Uh, Minnesota actually plays Ohio State tonight on ESPN at 7 p.m. So if you wanted to get a better feel for them, you could watch that game. Um, the Bucks are playing right now at the end of the first quarter. So maybe you could flip between the Bucks and the – the Golden Gophers. Uh, the Golden Gophers are uh, two and five in conference. Uh, they're 
Their two wins are against Rutgers and Michigan. And the player to look out for, for Minnesota, is actually a kid that transferred from George Washington to Minnesota this year. His name is Jamison Battle. Um, he's a bucket. That's what I got. When I looked at this kid, he shoots the ball well from everywhere on the floor. And he's averaging 18 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 0.9 assists. He won't pass a, the ball very a, much. And he has a badass name. Yeah. J- Jamison Battle is a <laughs> nasty That's a badass name. name. So, for Illinois – uh, that's the next game after this. That's next Wednesday. Remember, we will not be live on Wednesday. We'll be live yep. on Thursday. So everybody will be free to watch that game and then come tune in uh, the next day after that and get all your recap. Uh, Illinois is one of the better teams. They're one of the Big Ten teams that's ranked at 14-5, 7-2 in the conference. Their conference losses are against Purdue and double OT and against Maryland. They had no Kofi Coburn in the game that they lost to Maryland. Um, Kofi Coburn is the player to watch out for. Obviously, if you watch the Badgers, you know, religiously, you found out about him last year. He's big. He dunks the ball. And who is it against? It might have been against Purdue, actually. But I remember tuning in and watching that game a little bit, and he had one dunk, and I thought he was going to tear the entire damn thing off. Like, I thought he was going to rip the whole backboard and shit off. I was like, oh, my God, that's a big dude. Like, and He's listed as seven foot two eighty five. That's a big-ass dude. So – I mean, we're going to have our hands full with him. I mean, we got two big guys this year, but they're they are kind of they're kind of soft to be honest with you. I mean, they're a little better than last year, but they're they're still kind of soft. We'll see what happens. Maybe we double them for somebody else. They still got uh Carmelo, I think his name is, that point guard. He was a freshman last year. Is his name his name Carmelo or Carmelo or whatever. But he's a good guard. He was sitting behind uh who's the yeah, Ayo. He was sitting behind him last year, and he came in. He had some big moments. Uh, spe- actually, Illinois and Wisconsin had a really good game last year. In, in yeah, Madison. they did. That game, oh, so yeah. close. Demetrius Trice. was balling at the end of he that game. He was going crazy, man. He was man. Going he, nuts. He was trying was to will ready. us back. I was getting ready for my sister's wedding, actually, that day. I was watching Oh, really? Game, and I was like, oh, yeah, the match is going to come back. Like, oh, oh. man, Demetrius Trice, what did he score? Like 24 points in like 10 minutes? Yeah, he hit like six straight threes or some shit. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, so that, that is your, your preview to look forward to that Illinois game is really going to be a big one before that. I mean, Nebraska, we should, that's what it is. That's what it is. And then the Minnesota game, that'll be a competitive game. Minnesota is not a complete wash. They're kind of in that middle area where they're not ready to compete with the big dogs. They're like the best of the worst, worst of the best kind of deal. So we should win that game. And then the Illinois game will be a real challenge for us. So we'll find out what, what the Badgers are about. Three games this week, so uh, looking forward to it, Big Ten matchups. So, yes, sir. Um, despite losing to Michigan State, the Badgers did continue their streak. This is now six in a row of consecutive ten, uh, 10 big 10 games scoring 70 points. So the Badgers, their pace is so much better this year than it's been in the past. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why people think that they can actually do something or make some noise in March, man. We got a star player. And we play with better pace. If they if they find a way to get consistent bench production, holy freaking shit, we might win the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, we we talked about it too. The Badgers don't turn the ball over. They shoot a high free throw percentage. They defend without fouling. Like this is a this is t- rounding out to be a pretty solidly complete team. Um, next Thursday when we do the show, we're gonna have some other people with us, and um, we're gonna we're gonna update 
on on some of the things that we talked about in the primer before the season and and see where we stand on on some of the goals and some of the predictions that we had yeah i'm excited i'm excited uh sucks that we only have bucks and badgers now but hey we got two damn good basketball teams that could make some noise and win a lot of games and let's just enjoy it all right i will see you next thursday then all right bucks go badgers go bucks go badgers later buddy Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.